lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates hobby talk like you've never seen it. Sports cards live and nothing could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, here we go. Welcome everybody to the PWCC Premier Auction Extended Bidding Watch Party. It is Saturday night, June the 16th, 2022, and my name is Jeremy Lee. Before we get to the episode, I do want to let you all know this Saturday, two days from now on Sports Cards Live, our guests will be more members of the TAG grading team. We will be talking about their grading system, their automated grading system. It's going to be extremely, extremely interesting and informational. Be sure to join us then. I would like to shout out channel sponsor Center Stage app. Download the app in the App Store for quick comps, whether you're strolling through a card show or pricing your cards if you're a vendor. Their app is continuously improving. So join me in supporting these hobbypreneurs as they endeavor to make the hobby even better than it already is. I would like to shout out my friend Adams, Basketball Card Fanatic Magazine, our co-host tonight. He is the editor-in-chief, Adam Gray. Check out bcfmag.com. Also want to shout out the Hobbies Middleman Service Trade Safe, your risk-free alternative for trades and buy-sells from any peer-to-peer social media platform or marketplace. TradeSafe has an easy-to-use website, service, and a great team, of which I am a part, that makes remote dealing much safer than ever before with their fully insured three-hub system. Check out the updated tradesafehub.com. Want to shout out and thank all the podcast listeners, all of you subscribers on YouTube, you loyal viewers. I appreciate you all. If you're not yet subscribed to the channel, please take a moment and do so. Let's bring out our co-host tonight, Adam Gray, editor-in-chief of Basketball Card Fanatic Magazine, and now an official employee of PWCC. We need to talk about this, Adam. What is up and how did that come about? Let's get right into it. What is up with you? How did you go from being the co-host of this show, 12 months running now, to being an employee of PWCC? And by the way, congratulations on your career change. Uh, Jeremy, thank you so much, man. Um, I'm great. Today is a great day. I think today is day number five as an employee at PWCC. So um, it's awesome. I am so excited and, and grateful for the opportunity. Um, the way that it came about was really just through kind of getting to know the people who were over there. Um, BCF, hit, BCF's premier sponsor has been PWCC really almost since the beginning. And so I've gotten to know Chris, who's um, at the head of the marketing team over there. And um, I like I just as I've said on the show many times, like I, I love PWCC. PWCC is my favorite company in cards. It's basically a tech company, right? It's a tech company, but also is you know, an auction house. And, um, and they've been fantastic to me. They couldn't have been any kinder. And you know, when you're trying to start, start something big and start something new, it's really important to have people who support you and are helpful. They've been incredibly helpful and supportive and positive. And I just, ha- I didn't have anything negative to say about them. And I think like a lot of people, although I 
you know, really like my day job and there's a lot of positive things about it. Like I love cards and I've loved cards forever. And I just sat there like, you know, a couple, maybe, maybe three, four weeks ago, really with like this really difficult decision in my life, whether I wanted to continue doing what I was doing or, you know, go for it and work in sports cards. And it's just not every day that you're going to have a real opportunity to do that. And so I took it and, um, I'm super excited. I have whole five days in. I don't feel any regret. I feel really positive about it. And I'm excited, man. It's it's awesome. Good. Well, congrats. You said, you know, it's not every day that you have the opportunity to to make a leap like that. This is a life-changing event for you. And uh, you know, PWCC is a forward-thinking, technologically innovative company, and and uh, you're a part of that now. So uh, congratulations. Uh, but moving forward with these episodes, with these shows that are on the Sports Cards Live YouTube channel, you'll, you, we have Jesse Craig. Jesse will be joining us in about an hour, hour and a half, as he's been doing for the past couple of months. He's the special guest. You're not the special guest, Adam. You're the co-host. I don't care that you work for PWCC now. You are still the co-host of the show. And I'm, I'm uh, just, I, I hope that we can continue with that uh, as time goes by and Jesse can come on or Eric in the future. Uh, or somebody else can come on and be a special guest and join us on these episodes, if that's okay with everybody at PWCC. With all that said, uh, this is this is the first time, I believe, where we have fewer lots than the month before, which is nice for us, right? I mean, we are at 366 lots this month. Although there's fewer than last month, which was like a record breaker at over 400, I do want to say that I like this. I like the makeup of this auction. I think it's my favorite one so far. I went through and I, I, I starred, I favorited 29 cards. Not to say I didn't like more than 29 of the 366. I want to keep it manageable, but I, 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 I starred, my, I, I have on my favorites list 29 cards. I'd love to buy them all. I actually have bids in on two cards tonight. It's the first time I've been able to bid on, an, on a, a lot on a PWCC premiere. Uh, in quite some time. I don't know that I'll win either of them. We will see, but I do have two bids. One I'm currently the high bidder on, the other I am no longer the high bidder on, and I don't know that I'm going to bid again, but we will see. And I'll share this with everybody as the uh, as the evening goes on. If you are interested in bidding on any of the items in the auction, check out the ticker right now. We are at 6.37 p.m. Pacific, you have 23 minutes to get your bids in before extended bidding starts. To qualify for extended bidding, meaning if you want to bid after 7 o'clock Pacific, you on any lot, you have to have already bid on that lot once, at least once, before 7 o'clock Pacific, which is in 23 minutes. All right. Closing windows, the way this auction will end, once extended bidding starts, we are we have one hour of five minute extended bidding windows. What that means is from seven o'clock Pacific till 7.05, if there is, well, there will be bids during that time. As soon as a bid is placed during that five minute period, the clock will basically reset and we'll go for another five minutes. If between say seven, 55, six, what would that be? 7.55 and 8 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. If there are no bids, the whole auction will end. That won't happen. We've never had that happen. After 8 o'clock Pacific, we will be into the two-minute window for a half an hour, meaning if any two-minute period goes by between 8 and 8.30 Pacific and no bids are placed, the auction will end. 
And then after 8.30 Pacific, that window tightens to one minute. And we see a flurry of bids coming in at that time. To the chat, everybody, welcome to the show. If there are any cards that you are bidding on, any cards that you are selling, any cards that you would like Adam and I to take a closer look at, please throw a comment in the chat and we will do our best to get to them. There are 366 items in this auction, so we won't get to all of them, but we will definitely get to some. Adam, I'm going to go to the chat. Let's see who we have, and then we'll start looking at some cards. How does that sound? Sounds great. All right. So MLW Fishing Man, hello to you. Reminds everyone to please give him a thumbs up. Thank you. Please give a thumbs up. Subscribe if you're not yet subscribed. I appreciate that. Hello to Jeff McMahon. Merle World in the house. What is going on? Hockey cards up. Good to see you. Justin Bode. Justin shows up every so often, every five or six weeks. Good to see you, pal. Good to see you. Max says, welcome, Adam. Glad to have you on the squad. Must be a colleague of yours from PWCC. The plaid picker. Why did I, I, I got sick. I was, I was, I had a nasty virus for about two weeks and I, I had to cancel my trip to the expo and uh, I was not happy about that because I was looking forward to it and I lost about a thousand dollars on hotel, on non-refundable hotels and uh, car rentals. But Anyway, I was not up for it. I was just under the weather. Merle Road, do you enjoy tacos more than cards at least? What's that, what's that in reference to? I must I might be missing something there. I love tacos. Tacos are like my favorite food. My <laughs> wife asked me the other day, what do you want for Father's Day? What do you want to have for dinner on Father's Day? I said, I want tacos. She goes, but, but you cook tacos. In this. I go, I don't care. I'll cook on Father's Day. I want tacos. That's what we're having. Alex wishes you a congratulations on your career move, Adam. Hello to anonymous Facebook user, Justin says holders, Justin Vick. Good luck. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate that. Ben Mitchell, does this mean Adam can't buy any PWCC cards anymore? Adam, why don't you speak to your, your sadness with, with re, reflected uh, or related to that? So Ben asks a great question. And um, I actually talked about this quite a bit on my podcast where I announced, uh, my, where I announced my decision. Um, I, I can't. And I, I talked to, you know, I talked to several people about it and it's just, I get why PWCC does it. Um, you know, you don't ever want to have a conflict of interest, um, but it's a tough pill to swallow. You know, it, for those of you who've joined us for a long time, there've been several times where I bid on, on items within the premier auction. I only ever won one, but there's a lot of stuff that I, that I have interest in. There's probably 20 cards tonight that I would at least be have bids on and be interested in buying, but I, I can't bid anymore. And they're, they're really hard and fast to that rule. Again, I get it. I think it's a benefit to everyone else, but it's not a benefit to me. And I thought about it long and hard. It's still the right decision for me, but yeah, no more bidding for me. You'll have to find your cards somewhere else. That's uh, that's what it comes down to. Justin Bode needs a beer. Grab a beer. I mean, you got you got the PWCC Premier Auction Watch Party here on Sports Cards Live. There is a basketball game going on tonight as well. Some of you might want to be keeping tabs on the score, and I plan to watch that myself as well. 450 says, how much time is extended bidding? So it will go, 450, it will go until there is no bid placed on any lot in the auction for a one-minute period. So usually it ends at about, what is it usually at? About 10, 15 my time, about yeah. 12, 15, 12, 30 Eastern. That's usually when it ends. Scott Pope, good evening to you. Vintage card collector, a video where actual cards are discussed. Novel concept. Dave Bolaton wants to know any pre-war baseball. Dave, I just did a search for you. 
And uh, here's the pre-war baseball. 16 pre-war baseball cards in the auction tonight. A couple of Babe Ruths right on the top row here. One autographed, one not. What a great card. One from the, from the, from the, the four 33 Gaudis. We had a couple of a Ty Cobb, a Christy Matthewson. We got an autographed Lou Gehrig. You got a Ma another Matthewson. You got a Sherry, I don't know how to say his last name, Sher Sherry McGee. You got one of the nicest cards in the history of the, of the hobby, the 33 Babe Ruth full body shot there. Another Walter Johnson, a Napoleon Lajoie. You got another Matthewson, another copy. What a card. I would love to buy this card here, Adam. Oh, my goodness. What a, I, I, I had a chance to buy a PSA 7 of this card years ago, seven or eight years ago for like seven grand. Man, I wish I would have pulled the trigger. I love this card too, the PSA 7 Lou Gehrig. There's another Babe Ruth from 33. These are all from the 33 set. And there you go. That's for you, Dave Bolaton. Those are the pre-war baseballs. Max says it's going to be interesting to see how the game affects Curry and Tatum prices as we enter extended. That's it. This is real-time live impact of an actual game. And this isn't any game tonight. This is when the Golden State Warriors could win the championship tonight. They need one more win. It could happen tonight while we are live. And then we might see something happen in extended. That's a really cool situation that we are in. Yeah. Boston and, and Jeremy, Adam will never get his mic in now. What did you want to say about that, Adam? Well, I was just going to say – it's ironic that one of the biggest cards, maybe the biggest card in the whole auction is a Steph Curry card. Um, and it's, it's funny how much hinges on a game or on a game seven, you know, you're talking about a card that's going to be the better part of a million dollars. And, and, you know, here. Yeah. And in this cell, you know, maybe there are people who won't be seeing it um, or won't be considering it because they want to make sure that he's going to win the championship first. And it's just, a lot swings sometimes on a on a specific game, and sometimes an auction happens right you know right in this moment. So, I'm with the with this user uh, Max. It's it's going to be really exciting to see how how that changes. And then there's there's some Tatum's up this this month too, that are unbelievable cards. And how does that you know how does that impact him? Because if they win tonight, then they do still have a real chance of winning a championship. Let me ask you this: what, At what point do they announce who the MVP is of the of the finals? Is it going to be right at the end of the game? Yeah, it's shortly thereafter. I mean, usually it's within a few minutes. The great thing is you kind of already know generally, and this series will be no different. Um, you know, if the Warriors win tonight, we know who wins, who's going to win that. Steph Curry is that who you're saying? Yeah, I think yeah. I saw I saw a list of like who were who the contenders were. It was Steph, I think, followed by Wiggins at this point. But in any event. If you know if Steph wins that MVP and the championship tonight, what what does what happens to this card and and several of the other Steph? I think there's maybe 17 Steph Curry cards. I did a graph yeah. again. I'll bring it up shortly. But what happens to those cards? It will definitely be fun to watch. Um, Justin Vick says Babe Ruth autograph is insane, no doubt. Dave says no worries, Adam. Many of these will soon be in dollar bins. Just have to look a bit harder. Yeah, right. Wiz Collectibles, good to see you, says, all lots are live until no bids are placed, then all auctions end at the same time. That is correct. That is how it works, Wiz Collectibles, which is different than the PWCC weekly auction, where each card ends at a different time. Although, you know, you've got thousands of cards in those auctions, and this one you have just 366. Was there something you wanted to say? 
Yeah, let me just jump in real quick. The most important thing that people always need to remember about this is that as long as you have bids going into extended bidding, then you can place bids throughout throughout that process, throughout the extended bidding, whether it's at the beginning or the end of it. The problem that people have, and this is where like the, the real bottleneck here is, is that you've only got 13 or 14 minutes right now to place your initial bids. So I look at somebody like Shay. Um, he's got a comment coming up here in the post. Shay's got at least one card that's in the auction tonight. It's a card that he's had for a really long time, a beautiful Jordan patch card. You know, if you were interested in Shay's Jordan um, patch card, you've got to get your bid in really. You've got to get your initial bid in if it's not already in in the next 13 minutes or, or any other. So although, you know, we hope you'll stay with us here for the show. If you haven't clicked on the premier auction on the pwccmarketplace.com um, website, like you have to do that now, otherwise you're just going to be a watcher. And we've seen it time and time again. People get to the point where they're like, oh, I didn't know that this card was in this. And then they can't bid. And you're like, sorry, that's the, that's how the format works. You have to have your initial bid in in the next 13 minutes. So prioritize yeah. that for sure. To qualify for any bids later on tonight. That's right. It happened to me where, like, I don't remember how many months ago, but cards that I didn't think I'd want. And then it's like, oh, that, that price looks good, but I'm not qualified. I don't, I, I didn't qualify. So now what you have to do is when, when these auctions go live on day one, just go in and bid the minimum. It could yes. be a $10,000 card. It could be a $50,000 card. Go bid four or 500 bucks. That now you're qualified for the night that we go live and cover the extended bidding. It's a, it's a pretty good strategy. I'm going to quickly just because it is potentially the night that a champion is de is is a, is declared in basketball, and so I did a quick search here. Here are the Steph Curry cards that are available on the Premier Auction tonight. We see the the national the National Treasures RPA right here at 440. I'm just going to kind of scroll through them. Of course, of course, you have a top Chrome Super uh, Refractor. You've got you know some Panini one on one. You've got the Exquisite here, the Gold Tops, very nice cards more and more Steph Curry and a Kaboom and another one and one. And then I also brought up the Tatums. These are the four Tatum cards that are available in the auction tonight. However, somebody made the comment. Uh, well, I was hoping I was going to be really slick and bring it up right away. There it is. Vintage card collector says Tatum has not played very well. Well, so he probably won't. I, I, I'm so excited to see who wins this game tonight. And, uh, I, I, my, I'm cheering personally, I'm cheering for the Golden State Warriors simply because I don't really have a horse in the race. And one of my good friends is a big Golden State Warriors fan. So I'm supporting him in, uh, in that this evening. I've heard, Adam. Jeremy, I've heard a few people say, and I think it's really an interesting take. Um, I've heard people say that even if Boston wins this, that, that maybe, that maybe Steph should still win the MVP. And I think that's, you know, that's interesting. It, Especially because you know, if you look at how people have played in this in this um, you know in this finals, this user vintage card collector points out like Tatum hasn't been great. Okay, but then who's been the next best Celtic? It's it's an interesting question, but that doesn't mean that they won't still win it, and that doesn't mean that somebody else won't you know sort of justify becoming the MVP. But we might have the first time since it might be since Jerry West. I'm not sure, but the first time in a long time where the MVP came from the losing team if the Celtics were able to prevail. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's not just cut and dry this time is sort of no. would be my my understanding. Um, OK, back to the comments here. 
Shay, again, Shay is in the house. A lot of action happening tonight and good luck on your sale tonight. Dave Bolaton could live with any of those uh, pre-war baseball cards. Frank Schneider says Warriors by 13 by the end of the second quarter. I'll be happy to see that. Justin Bode thinks Curry is going to run away with it. Ink paper wax collector doesn't like what I just said that I'm hoping for the Warriors. He's hoping for the Celtics. Steph, Dave says if Steph wins and Steph wins and it's a new Steph versus LeBron argument. Now, let me tell you, the LeBron loyalists would say, no, it isn't. It's LeBron all the way, right? So I wonder, I just saw, I'm sure some of you all saw this too, but Michael Jordan was asked, Simply the question was LeBron James or Kobe Bryant? And his answer, what well, he said both. He said, you know, I, I forget what his responses were, but if it was for just sheer dominance of the game, it's LeBron. If it's for championships, I think he said it's uh it, it's it's uh, Kobe. And I wonder what what Michael Jordan would say now if you were to say, okay, MJ, LeBron, Kobe, Steph Curry, go for it. I, I mean, he's the one guy that you just I believe whatever he said. That that's kind of what I would I would kind of make my theory as well i had a i had a conversation i don't want to ruin anything because it's the it's the premier uh, interview in, in bcf this month but i had a conversation with a well-known member of the community yesterday about this and um he's a steph guy and and you know he was he was not willing to have the conversation he feels like you know it's, it's easily lebron and and then but then he he made the case that if you were to draft one or the other who would be the first you'd start a franchise with and he said that he didn't think that that was an argument because you, know, you look at what Steph's done for the Warriors. He's been there the whole time. He's never left, whereas LeBron has left his team, I think, three times, right? And so, um, you know, LeBron's one of the greatest players of all time. There's no question about it. But Steph could tie him up here, and that would lead to some real fun, I think, conversations. That'd be amazing. And I, does Steph have a, a finals MVP? To his, he doesn't. Uh, this would be his first. So this is a this is a really important for him. All right, keep it on moving. Cutler, the 52 tops Jackie is a blazer. I have to agree, and that's why I made it one of the cards that was on is on the YouTube thumbnail for this episode because I just I just love it. It's it's probably behind my face right now. There it is. You can see it up at the top, right above my right above my bald head. There it says 52 tops Jackie Robinson. Luke L. In your opinion, how will the market slash Bitcoin crash and possible recession affect the sports card market? It's a great question. I mean, in my, <laughs> listen, I think it's gonna have a bit of an effect, but it's gonna be a little bit lower when everything goes bad, people turn to what they love and we love sports cards. So, uh, but if you don't have any money because you're, you're in financial difficulty because of what's going on, then you probably can't buy any cards. So. However, I don't think you're going to see people. I don't think you're going to see a lot of a lot of people with really rare high-end stuff dumping uh, at at lower levels because you know it's just not the good. It's not a good time to sell, in my opinion. However, if you need the money and you you have a lot of it tied up in sports cards, maybe you will. So I, you know, what I thought when we had COVID coming along that the hobby was going to just tank, and it did the exact opposite. So I'm not qualified to answer this question. Dave says, yeah, Jerry West won the MVP and lost the finals. Vintage card collector Curry will win MVP as a career achievement award, which I wouldn't have wouldn't have any problem with. And Justin Vick says MJ would probably like to play with LeBron because LeBron passes the other guy's shoot. <laughs> yeah, MJ likes to do it all, right? All right, Adam, let, before we get into extended, we have six minutes left to place your bids. I want to 
show these graphs that I made this time that just kind of summarize the last three months of the premier auction by category and by player. So let's start with category. Now, again, this information is somewhat interesting. I don't think it's mind blowing. It's you're not, there's no epiphanies here, but what we have are, we have basketball, football, baseball, soccer, hockey. This is all Pokemon this month, wax, golf, tickets, and non-sport and miscellaneous, including racing, tennis, couple others. So the blue is April, the orange is May, the gray is June. So we're just basically looking at the trends of how the lot, the lot counts are changing month to month. Basketball continues to lead the way, but it fell by about 50, 50 lots this month, while the overall auction fell by about 50. So maybe it's all basketball. Everything else seems to hold pretty steady. Football, all in the 60s. Baseball, you know, only four lower than last month, which makes sense. We're further into the season now. Soccer holds pretty steady. Hockey holds steady. TCG comes down, which I like to see because I don't really care so much about it. Wax jumped from two lots to nine this month. My only theory on that is that one person submitted a bunch of wax. I, I don't know what else it would be, but that's a that's a theory I, I have from it, but not that interesting, really. Golf holds steady. Tickets hold steady and non-sport and miscellaneous pretty much hold steady from last month as well. What I think is more interesting, though, is lots by player because it just shows us who is important in this hobby. Adam, are you wanting to jump in with anything before I get into this one? No, I would just say um, the Curry part here is what steps, uh, stands out to me a little bit. You know, it's not shocking that while the whole auction's decreased, a little bit as far as quantity which again is great it's totally fine where it's at um it's interesting that curry's gone up you wonder if people are trying to time it right as he's about to win the championship yeah i think that's right i mean i looked at this earlier when i made this graph and i thought okay mj from 47 down to 44 that that's a it's a nothing it's a nothing difference lebron 37 down to 26 and if you actually think about it Jordan holds a higher percentage of the overall auction this month than he did last month, even though he yeah. fell by three. Whereas LeBron kind of trended with the overall lots in the auction. Kobe goes up. That's it is what it is. Brady, look at his. He's consistent. 27, 25, 27, meaning even though football season isn't happening, he is an all-time great. He's the GOAT. We're going to continue to see Brady cards in these auctions. I like the honest one. He's not, yeah. in the, it, it, it explains what's going on in the real world. I, to me, at least 21, 21 auctions when he was still playing 11. Now he isn't. So sellers are saying, listen, I don't think there's going to be a lot of attention on him. The attention is going to be on Steph Curry mostly. So let's not put our Giannis cards into this auction. However, for the 11 cards that are in there, the Giannis buyers have fewer cards to choose from that may push up the price, but it may, or it may provide some purchase opportunities. What about what do you make of Luca dropping from 20 to 10? Do you think it's similar to the reason Giannis dropped? Yeah, I think that's a good call. You know, if you were to sort of imagine you're trying to let go of somebody right at the right time, which by the way, I've always been terrible at. I've never timed something well in my life where I've been trying to get rid of it. But if you thought that Luca was going to be a second round guy, then maybe last month would have been a better time for it. And the same thing, same thing with Giannis. The honest one's a little bit tricky because the Chris Middleton um, injury. You wonder how that how that influenced it too. But yeah, I think people want to time time things right when they're selling. They want to time it as you said perfectly with um, with you know people who are like 
excited about, you know, and looking for those guys. And here we are. You couldn't have a better night to be, um, you know, to be like thinking about Steph Curry. Steph is out there right now, right? I guess the only thing better would be if it was game seven and it was and it was more likely for him because it, it would be a home game and more likely for him to win the championship during that game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mahomes, I'm actually a little surprised that Mahomes – you know, not only does he go from 10 to 11, which, which is a, a, it's a negligible increase, but when we consider that the total auction, the total lot count for the auction overall fell and he yeah. goes up and it's in the off season, what, what's going on with that, right? That should, he should have gone down to like seven or eight, let's say, but instead he increases by one. We're talking such small numbers. It might That's mean right. absolutely nothing. But maybe not. Who knows? We've seen so much Mahomes in these auctions over the past several months. So it's nice to see that he's only at 11 this time. What, what do you yeah. think? I think I think you're right about the small numbers. Um, and, you know, although I mentioned the Curry thing was the first thing that stood out to me, I think you're bringing up the Luca and the Giannis thing. Those are probably the, the larger the larger takeaways there. And then, you know, the, maybe LeBron, too. You know, maybe, maybe that maybe there maybe there's something there. Why? Why do you think LeBron fell by? by as much as he did i you know what i think a couple things number one i don't think he was in the playoffs last time we we or i don't think he was playing last time we we did the show so i think that with that i think he's just trending in this his lock count just trended right alongside the overall premier auction this month it just kind of came down by 937 so 25% or so right like that that's about it um, I think that's what it is. And uh, and I think that he's, you know, people recognize he's not in the play. I think the hobby has gone cold a little bit on LeBron right now. And I think it's ridiculous because, you know, Michael Jordan isn't playing either. And the hobby is certainly not cold on Michael Jordan. But it seems like the hobby has, a, you know, we have a lot of what have you done for me lately in the hobby and a very short memory and these sorts of things. So it's it's just, to me, maybe... Uh, maybe or maybe the sellers, the holders, the owners of these cards aren't willing to sell them at today's prices, which that would describe me like I'm not selling my 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 few LeBrons in my collection anyway, but I certainly am not going to sell them uh, right now at a time when the hobby may may be a little colder on LeBron than they were, you know, up until February sort of thing. I think, Jeremy, I think that's really smart. Like if I if I was holding big LeBrons that I was thinking about selling and the market had kind of reset to this lower, you know, this lower sort of index that he's at right now, would I be as interested in selling? The answer is obviously not. And so right now it's harder to get somebody to sell LeBron where people feel like he's he's settled into this lower price. price. And, and, you know, maybe going forward, that's a good thing for LeBron stuff though, because if he doesn't have as much stuff being sold and it's harder to, you know, find the really good stuff, that's what drives prices up again. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, uh... I think, you know, listen to what Warren Buffett says, right? Uh, buy when others are feel fearful and sell when others are greedy. And that's uh, that's like a no, no lose sort of approach, if you ask me. We also have Mike Trout on here just, just because he's Mike Trout, hold steady. You know, we don't have guys like Wayne Gretzky, uh, Mickey Mantle, Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, um, Kevin Durant I didn't put on this time. Their numbers were all, no one was higher than about seven. And uh, with showing three months of trend now, I just didn't want to clutter the graph any more than it already was. So there we go. Little little context. Fun to do that. And um, hey, I like playing with Excel. So thanks for humoring me with that one 
everybody. Dave says, how much smaller is the auction this month? Last month was, gosh, 400 and something, 20 or 30, maybe 19, and now it's 366. So that's what it is. Baseball card curmudgeon, good to see you. Welcome to the show. Wiz Collectibles says, what is the time frame for sellers getting a card into the premier auction, both from if it's coming from their vault or you're mailing in a card? It's a pretty quick turnaround, I would think. Uh, Wiz, I mean, I've never contributed a card to the premier, but I have contributed to their weekly and from, from the vault and from, well, not mailing it in, but giving it to them at a show. And I mean, less than a month turnaround to get it in. It might've even been like two or three weeks if I remember, but Adam, you work for them. Can you know? So um, I will tell you some interesting things that I've learned about this um, in the last little bit. The thing that we probably forget sometimes is some of the work that goes into things like this. Like, for example, if you if we look at any of these almost 400 items tonight, we're going to see two things if we if we look at them. And that is we're going to see a really well-written description of the card. We're also going to see a video for each of the cards. So not only is it taking oh and then and then lastly and, and i shouldn't mention this last is the 360 imaging all three of those things are things that come exclusively to premier auction items and you know those things take a lot of time to curate that sort of stuff is not easy and it does take a lot so believe it or not jeremy there's actually stuff that people that we know will be in the july premier auction there's stuff that we know will be in the August premiere auction and that stuff's out there and behind the scenes right now, you know, people at P PWCC are busily working to, to get those things ready for, you know, the big night in July and then the big night in August. Right, so it does, it does take a while. Um, but um, I will say I've noticed Jesse and other members of the team have done a really good job of saying, hey, if you want your card in by the such and such premier auction, make sure you get it in by this date. They're always really clear about when it needs to be in. I think in general, it's like, I think you're right. I think it's like three weeks or maybe maybe a month in advance, something like that. Yeah. I'm really curious to see what this uh, Michael Jordan sells for that has both a PWCC top 30 and it also has the NBA sticker on it right here. It's a PSA 10. I mean, is I'm curious to see we're at 190 plus uh, plus 38. So it's a 228 right now, uh, all in. I, I'm curious to see if this thing passes 300. I expect it will, but time will tell. And also the Derek Jeter here. This is a card you don't see often. This you is one of 21 PSA 10, 93 SP Derek Jeter rookies. These don't come up too often. I think the I, last one sold for like 600 and something last time we saw one. Yeah, we haven't seen one of these. Jeremy, we haven't seen one of these in a long time. Um, I, and I saw, I this isn't the sort of thing that I that I really look at as much, but it's one that really stands out to you because you recognize the significance. You know how low the pop is. Um, one other thing before I forget, I believe that the deadline for the July premiere, I believe it's the 21st of June. So it's coming up here in just a few days. We should follow up with Jesse just because I might be wrong about that. But I think that's right. Interesting. Okay, well, uh, that would definitely be good to know. Of course, I'm going to have my eye on the Gretzky rookie because it is one of my favorite cards. And uh, let's take a quick look at this one, Adam. You know, and I do have a friend who is looking, I believe, looking at this card. So I would like to uh, 
take a peek and just do what I love, what I do on the Gretzky rookie and give it, give it an assessment as far as just the, the quality of it. This is a PSA nine. Again, it's an Opeachy PSA nine. And the first thing I look for is the print quality of the word Edmonton and Oilers. It's pretty good. You have, you know, maybe one little thing right there, very, very minor, but it's also key to look at are the, are these two words, which are printed with different printing plates, are they on the same plane? And these ones are. This is a very nicely laid down the plates on there. The other thing I look at, and this is my this is the thing that bothers me the most about a Gretzky rookie, is all these very thin black lines that you can see around the frame here, around the Oilers logo going up the border here. I always look to see, is there any white between the black border and the blue and there is no white anywhere between the black and the blue not 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 in here not in here not in here that's one of the things that really uh i'm picky about when it comes to a gretzky rookie you also always want to look at the placement of the oil drop within the pocket the blue outline being the pocket this being the oil drop and this one is slightly off center to the right but no, but you know, we, you see much worse variations of this. So it's not perfect, but it's also not bad. It's very nicely placed overall. The edges do not have that that hard. I don't want to say harsh because I, I like it. A lot of people do. I like it to a degree. This has a very light, rough cut, which is to me almost just perfect sort of edges. This bottom right corner has a touch of white right there coming along this way it's hard to see the bottom border in the in the PSA slab here bottom left corner you know not not a hundred percent perfect but definitely acceptable you've got some rough cut right here which is good to see more rough cut right here you know here you have a speck of white that comes into the blue but that is that is within the nature of the of the rough cut and if you've seen enough of these you you know what I mean very nice edge overall top corner very nice top edge very nice let it come yeah i love i love this this roughness up here that's what you want to see well it's what i want to see at least you know and then just the overall presentation the centering is like it's pretty much dead on look at that side to side centering i it, it i mean if it's not 50 50 it's 49 51 Top edge, I always look at the, the width up here versus the width down here. Almost perfect, if not perfect. So overall, I would agree that this is definitely a PSA 9. Uh, and the centering makes it, to me, uh, worthy of these eye appeal assessments that, that it has received. So sorry, I, I probably spend an, 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 an inordinate amount of time on the Gretzky rookie, but it's kind of where, where I specialize, I guess you could hey. say. Hey, Jeremy, I will agree with our friend Jeff Hart, who says in the comments, yes, a Jeremy Gretzky breakdown. Every time you talk about it, I, I, we all, if anybody doesn't like that, I don't know what they're doing here because it's one of my favorite things about the show. So thank you. Well, for sharing. I appreciate that. And you know what? I could do it on other vintage cards too, but, uh, but we don't have time. I'll do it. I could do it on some. Static says, what a card. Doug Brenner loves a good Jeremy Gretzky review. That's so funny. I love it. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, 
Wayne says, another great content evening. Good to have you, Wayne. And by the way, we are uh, well into extended bidding. We didn't even announce it, but but uh, we're into the, the second or third window, the third five-minute window. So if this clock counts down to zero without there being a bid, the auction will end. But that's not going to happen for a while. Studio in the house, what is going on? JH says, just curious for weekly auctions, why PWCC takes people's cards if they don't sell for the $10 bid. I don't understand the comment, uh, JH, but I, I I submitted several cards to the weekly and some of them didn't even get a $10 bid, but I, I just relisted them and uh, no problem there. So anything you can add, Adam, as someone who works at PWCC? Nothing that I know about that right now. Good. Okay. Vintage says Golden sold the Jeter 10 last month, but agree. Yeah, when there's only 20, I know I saw one recently and, and Vintage, I think it did like 600 or 620, something like that, if I if I recall. <clears throat> and Hockey Card says, yes, the Gretzky breakdown. Thank you. Thank you. Hockey Cards congratulates you on your new on your new gig, Adam. And Sean from Victory Investments. Everyone loves when Jeremy breaks down a Gretzky rookie. We always know he's going down to that bottom right-hand corner for the closer examination. That's where you can really gauge the quality of a Gretzky rookie is that bottom right-hand corner right in here. The oil drop and the black borders. Daniel Busby says 82 people and only one and only I like the video. Hit that like button. Yeah, hit the like button, guys. Adam, let's just wait for everybody to hit that like button. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Justin loves the weekly Sundays. And Luke says, I personally think the Kobe Refractor is a monster card undervalued. All right. Whew. So what do you want to look? Adam, I did mention earlier that I, 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 I starred 29 cards. I have bids in on two. I should probably look at my favorites first. So let's go to my the favorites that I actually I could have done. I had it ready to go on this tab over here. So let's just go back on that and come into here. So these are the cards that I had favorited. Oh, 24 of them. No, sorry, 29 of them. 24 on a page, right? 29 of them. These are the cards that I really like in this auction. And if I if I had enough money, I'd buy them all. Probably not going to be able to buy any of them, but if I if I could, I would. Starting with this guy right here, the exquisite Michael Jordan uh, flashback auto patch. I love this card uh, in any condition. I haven't refreshed this page in a while. So these prices, I don't know if it auto updates or if they've changed. But here, let's just hit up. Let's just do a quick refresh <clears throat> and see if, uh, or maybe a, a not so quick refresh and see if these prices have changed. Uh, we don't know. But uh, but this is a great card. I love it. I wish I I wish I had 90k or 108k to uh, to spend on it. We then have another Jordan exquisite number pieces dual jersey piece with a beautiful auto. I do prefer this card with the horizontal and the red versus the orange with the with the vertical auto. But this is a great card, Adam. I know you love these pieces. Anything you'd like to say about these two and the, even this Kobe? Man, I could spend a lot, a lot of time talking about all three of those cards there. The let me just talk, take a sec to talk about each. So the one on the left, the flashbacks, gets a, it gets a lot of attention every time it gets listed um, because it doesn't list very frequently. There's only 23 of them. And I think people love that it, you know, it has that same format as the first, as the first RPAs out of Exquisite, which is the LeBrons and the Wades and stuff. Being only to 23. 
You don't see it very often. The patch on this one's just about as good as you're going to see, and the autograph's fantastic. And so, you know, this card, for me, I mean, it's interesting that this is this is one of your favorites and the first one that came up. This is one of my very favorite cards in the auction. The next one, the number pieces, is great because it also has the form of a card from 2003, right? The format and the background reminds us quickly of the 2003 set, specifically the 2003 number pieces, the perfect Jordan autograph. And you obviously just don't see number pieces of MJ ever listed. So two Jordans, both out of 23 in the same auction. Awesome. And then, you know, that Ruby's right there. That's one of the best looking 90 sets out there. And um, obviously Kobe's Kobe's one of the most eclectic. If you wanted to do the 3D image on I, any of it. I'm, I'm going cool. there on the Kobe because this picture does not do the card justice. So for that reason, we're going to definitely do that. While that's loading, though, I just want to do a search um, for Daniel Busby, who wants to see the Brady. So let me just do the search there. Let that load, and we'll come back to that for you, Daniel. And then let's look at this here. <clears throat> it's still loading. It's uh, just with, with broadcasting and live and all that. Uh, I like that. I like that color there that you see in the light, the way the the way it's green. Um, yeah, look at look at what it does. Look at what it does in the light. And this is actual. We're looking at light reflecting or refracting, reflecting off the card as PWCC does their 360 degree filming of these items. So that's that's actual, like almost in real life, the color and the look of this card. And it looks so much nicer. I just want to get it. I always have trouble using this tool. There we go. Ah, like, yeah. Here we go. Come it's on. one of the best. It's one of the best looking '90s parallels for sure. I had a Rodman from this set that I sold to a good friend, and I just always look back and go, Ah, why did I sell that card? It's a great set. Yeah. Look at the difference. Here's the still. Here's just a flatbed sort of scan picture of it, and here's. What you see when you move the card around? Look at that! Look, oh, it's just a stunning. I think just a stunning. People, I think people call this fisheye, uh, fisheye um, design. So the the little the little loops, if you move them side to side, they get smaller and larger. They're just it's just a really sweet card. Very cool card. All right, we have a Connor McDavid rookie year precious metal gems blue, which uh, I love this card. I personally own a copy of this, and uh, so I'm, I'm definitely curious to see what this one sells for. The Golden Touch, Michael Jordan, a very nice 90s Jordan insert, 22,000 for a PSA 10. There's only there's only 10 of these in, yeah. in PSA 10 slabs. That's a very rare, very important uh, Jordan insert. Love it. This is my favorite design i think of any like football auto patch i'm not a mahomes guy but i love the looks of this card and that's why i i favorited it just to have a peek at it i think it's a wonderful wonderfully designed card full body shot beautiful patch with an amazing patch window look at that beautiful foil around there on card auto only 20 copies it looks like of this and it's a psa beautiful card of course can't go wrong with a LeBron exquisite limited logos. And I do prefer this design to the 03. This is the 05. You have a bit, bit of a bit, bit of a bigger picture of LeBron. I just love it. Um, and then, of course, a Bill Russell 57 tops in a PSA 6. I, I do own this card in a PSA 6. I absolutely love it. This one, 
I think might be a little bit nicer than mine. Uh, what a great, what a great card. So of course I want to see what that's going to sell for. Next row, couple of hockey cards, couple of Connor McDavid's, a rookie year, honorable numbers from the cup, which is basically, you know, the, the hockey version of exquisite, except that they still make it. And uh, what it's just a great rookie year card. And this is, you don't see these in other sports. This is a purple precious metal gems. This is numbered out of five. So these are very tough to come by, of course. It's a rookie year and it's a BGS nine. Print run is five. 0.5 away from a 9.5. Uh, what a great card. We have some PMG uh, greens in this auction. And someone was asking about the, the, the Brett Favre, which we're definitely going to look at. But we have a Patrick Ewing, who, for whatever reason, I mean, the level of superstardom he had in the 80s was right up there. And uh, you, don't, you don't care much about Patrick Ewing. I, I think, relatively speaking, his cards may be a good value. Um, but if the hobby... You know, it depends what the hobby wants, I suppose. It's a BGS7, which is a great grade for the card. I I do love it, um, but I'm not going to bid on it. <laughs> and then we have this Kobe, uh, again, an, uh, not again, but an 04. I think this is my favorite limited logos design between 03, 04, and 05. A great three-color patch on card auto, numbered out of 50, BGS9. Adam, I'm going to turn it over to you to talk about these basketball cards. Yeah, so the Ewing... Um... I think that Ewing's the first star, like real star PMG green that we've seen in the premier auction. I think ever. I mean, I don't think, I don't think the premier auction has seen a, a Ewing or a Stockton Malone, Kobe, Jordan, like any of these big time stars. I, I maybe I'm, maybe I'm forgetting something right off, but like, that's a huge card. And I know, you know, there's definitely this group of people, not just 90s collectors, but these really strong PMG red and green collectors that I know are really interested to see how that one does tonight. It's sitting really low right now compared to where I think most of them think it's going to go. So it's going to be interesting to watch that one. Um, but, you know, if you're a Ewing collector, that's his card. That's the best Ewing card out there. Yeah. Um, and then the the Kobe, Kobe has two versions of the limited logos from 04. I limited logos from 2004 is just my favorite thing going that's another one that if you get the 360 you can see the etched hollow foil around the, the patch window that's fantastic i actually own the the other kobe um, version from from this set it's you know, kobe's funny because i was trying to describe this to somebody somebody the other day kobe's funny because he has so many good cards from such a long period that it's hard to isolate like which cards other than his rookies are like his most iconic or most important cards I just always look back at Exquisite, you know? I look at Exquisite yeah. and say, what are his best cards from Exquisite? And limited logos are are kind of the set, you know? There's enough of them that it's it's possible to find the card, and um, but still they're hard enough to find that it's really going to take you some work. That's a great card. It is a great card. All right, well, let's keep going. I have a few more in here. Uh, we have a Dennis Rodman PMG Red and the BGS8. That's it. That's it with the color match. What a beautiful card. I just love seeing these. This is this to me is just I don't understand why it's so cheap. To be honest, I love essential credentials. They're my they're my I like them more than PMGs. To be honest, I love essential credentials. I like that you're using two different card stocks. In this particular year, it's like a foil uh, a foil surface on the cardboard, which is then die cut and put on put on an acetate colored acetate with foil foil stamping in the name and the logo on the on the acetate like that's a that's a technology card if i've ever seen one only 77 copies 
a BGS 10 <coughs> and it's at $16,000. I don't know. I don't understand how this isn't a hundred thousand dollar card. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Maybe some people don't like the design. I love it. Strange. Do you have any insight, Adam, into why this card is what I'm going to just call so cheap? Well, it hasn't had the same, like, I think you're making great points and I agree with you. Um, it hasn't had the same time to sort of become beloved as those cards from the late nineties have. That's probably a component in it. Oh, I guess the other thing 06. is it's an 06. Yeah, yeah. That's a big, the other, the other thing is that it's not from his playing days, but it's the same thing with like a LeBron or a Kobe from that era. It, they just, they haven't grown the same way that the other ones that the older ones have, but I think that's one of the things you would watch over the next 10 years. Do they, do they catch up, you know, as, as people who are that age sort of have, have money to, to spend. And then, the Rodman, I will tell you, I've actually owned two of the Rodman PMGs from 97. The color match is a fantastic thing to sort of recognize there. Dennis Rodman, his his collectability far outpaces how, you know, how how great he I mean, he's a great basketball player, but like he's one of the most popular players to collect, period. And so to have a red PMG in this auction, awesome. And an awesome. eight's great too. Yeah, it is a very good grade. This Peyton Manning to me seemed I I consider this card when you compare it to the Brady equivalent to be one of the best values going in the hobby right now. If the sure. and I for what is the what do the Brady's sell for like because uh, this isn't this is not a championship ticket out of a hundred and listen I should know this we've covered enough of them but I believe the Brady non championship ticket so the 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 unnumbered version sells for. I don't want to, I'm probably going to be wrong, like 80 to 200,000, somewhere in there. Yeah, I don't Peyton know. Manning is no slouch. He might be the second best quarterback of all time. $24,000 for this card right now. I, this to me is a, is an underappreciated card by the hobby compared to the Brady equivalent. And by the way, this is a much nicer card than the Brady, just aesthetically in my personal for opinion. Sure. This is one of my favorite cards going. There are two car two of this card in the auction. Um, I forgot to try and get into extended on this one because I am already qualified for extended bidding. This is there's a PSA nine and a BGS nine five. I am already uh, I'm I might still be the high bidder on the PSA nine at eight thousand dollars. I'm not sure. We'll have to check. But I do love this card. It's another one that looks will look a lot better when we get if we open up the three hundred and sixty degree. Next up. A cut above Michael Jordan, another very important uh, Michael Jordan insert from the 90s. I, I absolutely love this card. BGS 95, 15,000. And then this card, this card made the uh, the advertisement for this episode because I love it. I love Raise the Roof. It's I love that it's like got that glossy front and the glossy back. I yeah. love how the serial number works. I love the font. I love the colors. I just, it, what a great card. You know, I buy it for... I'd buy it, but it's just out of my range. What a what a an amazing card. I can keep going at him, and then I'll let you touch on these. We have a Kobe exquisite numbers pieces, numbered out of 24, which makes a lot of sense. $16,000. It's graded authentic with the autograph getting a 10. Always wonder why why a card is graded authentic. Why does the submitter not ask for a number grade? But in any event, this card is more about the the, the the memorabilia the autograph the scarcity of it and uh it's a nice looking card to me and then i this is probably my favorite lebron card i i own a copy of this i have a bgs9 i absolutely love it it's numbered out of 102 so i'm always curious to see what this card will sell for and that's why i made it my favorite 
Adam, talk about these cards a little bit. Not as much as I did, though, if you can. <laughs> it's it's fun that you have the cut above and the raise the roof right next to each other because they're two of the best-looking inserts ever. Um, cut, above, cut above is one of the best die cuts ever. They're both just fantastic. Raise the roof is honestly my fa favorite Kobe that I've been in the market for for a long time. That's an insert that's, um, you know, that I should be able to find. Like you, I'd like one, but I need one in a lower grade because this, this is getting, you know, this is expensive and, um, and, and getting, and as we mentioned earlier, I can't bid on them now anyways. So, um, so the, I love that card, the Kobe number pieces, like I love number pieces. Kobe's first couple of years of number pieces are all out of eight. In fact, this is the first year of Kobe's number pieces that's out of 24. So that's kind of cool, kind of a cool note. His first three years are all numbered out of eight, and then he switched his uh, jersey to number 24. It's a great piece of uniform there. That's a that's a flipping steal at that price. Um, so I, I like that. And I'm with you on the LeBron. I mean, the credentials is great because, you know, it hasn't seen – the EX hasn't seen the same sort of um, crazy run-up that, like, SP and ultimate and the autographs have, if you want a card, that's not a Chrome type card and not an autograph type card. That's a LeBron rookie. That's probably the one. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I'm with you because again, I love essential credentials all years, all sports. This is, I, and I've got several essential credentials in my collection from all the different sports. Uh, even, even a base, I have a Frank Thomas baseball uh, copy that I bought um, at the national in 20 uh, well last year. And um, but this is of all my essential credentials outside of outside of the Gretzky pink one sitting up there. This would probably be my favorite, my LeBron copy. Hey, um, hey, Jeremy, did yeah. you see the one of my favorite cards in the whole auction? Did you see the Ripken credentials? I saw the Ripken. It, it, it's coming up. It's probably in the row below here, to be honest okay. with you. <laughs> yes, I did see it. I want to uh, I'm going to go to a few comments quickly. We're going to take a quick, quick break here. Uh, Jay says that PWCC will relist your card twice in the monthly. And then if, if the cards are taken from the vault, if no bids are received. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, if I can't get $10 for a card, um, it's probably going to cost too much to unvault it and send it back. So I, I'm good to, I'm good to just not have that card anymore personally because of the expense. It, it's, it's not, you know, it costs money to, to do these things and, and people's time. So I'm okay with that. Uh, Daniel Busby wanted to see the Bradys in the auction. I did do a search for them right here. We have 27 Bradys. Busby, I'm going to run through them pretty quick here. This is my favorite Brady card in the history of Brady cards. I like it more than any Brady card, including his contenders rookie, which I just don't like the looks of. But to me, this is the nicest Brady card going. Those four, you got a kaboom. You got this is a very important card. Prism whatever what's this one uh panini lux black one of one at eighty thousand on card auto pretty neat card does look like the patch is upside down if that was if that was right side up uh it might get even more money i would think you've got uh what's that that's a super fractor of sorts you got his bowman chrome refractor and a psa9 that's a great card i'd love to own as a rookie card here's a nice flawless there's the contenders right there it's a sixty-five thousand plus 13 it's at 78 so yeah, these cards sell for like 80 plus. This is a special version of the Bowman Chrome. It's a promotion. I've never seen this card before. Top Super Bowl MVP game used Tom Brady patch auto at a 99. Another Bowman Chrome. Here you've got a 2020 select one of one. Disco Prism. More Brady's. Of course, this is a Brady search. 
this is the SP Authentic rookie. I, I do like the cleanliness and the ease. The, just the, it's so easy to look at this one. You know, whereas this one has a bit more going on, but it's it's nice as well. It's not a rookie, of course, but it is a super fractor, one of one. Some more, another contenders, some more prism. And we have a few on the past second page. I think we'll see three on this page as well as there were 27, I believe, in the search. Three more here, another a BGS 9.5 SP Authentic Rookie and a couple more Panini cards right there. So there you go, Busby. Those are the um, those are the Tom Brady cards in this auction. I'm going to close out the Tatums. Uh, we're going to close this Kobe. We're going to close the pre-war. And now we're going to attend to a request that we had. Somebody wanted us to look at the at this card uh, right Hart. here. Jeff Hart wanted us to look at the, Oh, my goodness. Look at that card. Come on. Come on. Look at this thing. Like, is this even a card? Look and at that. It just gets better oh. when you look at the back, too. It just gets better oh, when you look at the back. But it might help. Yeah, look at this. Like, the back is gorgeous. It's perfect. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is, is the problem. Me. This is the problem, Jeremy. Is it's it, people have sort of realized how nice it is now. It's it's too expensive for me to ever be able to probably get it. But like, I just love this card so much, man. Oh my god, me too, me too. Wow, what a beauty, what a stunner! And thanks for Jeff Hart for asking us to take that look at it. I think that's uh, I think that's that's worth it's worth our time to look at to look at this card. Uh, next row on my favorites. So, oh, I'm still the high bidder on the PSA 9, row zero. So it's a and good thing that... Uh, speaking eh? of 360 views, that's one to give a 360 view yeah, to. Yeah, I wanted to do that, actually. While it's loading, we have a gorgeous Kobe, a gorgeous exquisite Kobe here from 2006. Out of 15, that's rare. This seems like a really good price for that. Again, I don't keep on top of these except for once a month when me and Adam sit here and Jesse joins and we do, the, we do these shows. But that's a that's a stunning card. I do like this Giannis. It's my favorite Giannis uh, RPA to me. It's it's easily the nicest Giannis RPA. Of course, this is a beautiful card. But let's take a look at this. I have I almost it's funny I'm wearing this shirt tonight because I almost bought this card from Andy from the Indie Card Exchange in 2019 in a PSA nine. This might be the actual copy. I almost bought it from him for fifteen hundred dollars, but I said eh. I'm not going to take it today. Now I'm about to pay 9,600 for it. So, so if I win it, so please guys leave this one for me. I'll happily take it for 96, which is uh, eight grand more than I could have had it for three years ago. Jeremy, look at that. Look at that design. It's oh, I know. And I do have the Peyton Manning from this set as well, uh, which it's maybe from 98, but it's the, it looks the exact same. So let me ask you a question about this card. This is a very nuancey sort of collector sort of question, but there are inserts and then there are parallels. And then every once in a while you get a set where you kind of don't know how to talk about a card. And there's base cards. There's base cards, inserts, and parallels. That's how we refer to things. In your opinion, what is this? Honestly, in my opinion, I don't care, man. It's a beautiful card. I don't, to me, parallels and inserts are basically the same thing, even though I completely understand they aren't. When I mean that, when I, when I say they're basically the same thing, I mean more, more creativity and imagination has gone into every parallel and insert than any base. Does more creativity and, and, and 
and uh, imagination on the on behalf of the designers of these cards go into a parallel versus an insert? I don't know. Maybe a little bit more goes into an insert, but my favorite is when you have a parallel of an insert, which is yeah. really what essential credentials are. And I love those. So honestly, Adam, I don't understand the Flare Showcase brand all that well. It's a very complex set with different rows. So using the term row zero, row one, row two, doesn't really work in my brain. I understand yeah. they're just names of parallels, but to me, I don't care if it's a parallel or an insert. It is a stunning card that is very welcome in my personal collection. So, <laughs> but listen, without dodging the question, I have to dodge it because I don't understand Flare Showcase well enough. So what I would say, and this is just my take, you know, card thoughts by Adam. I think this is a base card. I think it's a base card because each of the three rows are all the exact same sort of one to 90. That's how many cards are in the set. It's the best looking set ever. And they're not, they're not parallels of each other though. Like they're, they're, they are the base set. The base set, in my opinion, is a 270 card set that is one to 90, one to 90, one to 90. And then the parallel of that is the legacies. And so the reason that I asked that question is if you do classify this as a base card, it's certainly the lowest numbered base card from the era and from when Jordan was, you know, active. And so um, I think a lot of people might disagree and they may call this a parallel and then they may say that the legacy is a, a parallel of a parallel. I don't know that that's right though. I think, I think I'd call it a base card. Well, just got everybody watching, uh, please steer clear. I will not be placing any more bids. So I'm either going to win it at eight plus buyers and whoever, if the consigner of this card is watching, I apologize that I'm trying to dissuade you from making more money on this card. I do apologize, but Hey, I want the card and I want it for as, as, as little as I can get it. So uh, hopefully I win this one and, uh, and I will be very excited to, uh, to take it out of the vault and bring it into my own hands so I can enjoy it a uh, lot, lot, live live in hand okay let's keep on going we'll go we're going to go through the rest of what i have my my watch list and then we're going to go to some comments okay that's the end of the first page there's only a few more cards and we are going to see the cal ripken adam which i know you called one of your favorites in the auction overall there it is right there this is the 98 skybox cal ripken jr this is at a nine it's in a psa 10 holder and i'll be honest if I were going to be buying this card, I would pay the same if it was a PSA 8, 9, or 10. It's not like I'd pay more for a 10 or a 9. The card is so rare, and I love the colors on it. I would be buying it. It's a great card. I also love I love PMGs. I love the employee versions. I mean, I could have bought a PSA 9. I, I was passing on them at three grand not too long ago. Wish I would have bought one now because it's kind of more expensive now. But what a great-looking Tiger card. And this is an interesting card here because it's not his first year of PMG green for Wayne Gretzky. This is the 2013, so it's the second year for him. But it is, I love the design of this card. And just today, just today, this red version right here sold for $2,000 on eBay. And this card is numbered out of 75. <clears throat> this is actually the number one of 75, the red. If you can see it, sorry, it's so small, but... There it is. So there's the red version. The green is about to sell for 9,000. And um, I actually offered somebody, I think $8,000 Canadian for one of these at the Edmonton Expo. And he countered at 30. And I'm, I said, well, I'm, at least you put a price on it. So we'll see what this sells for. I, I'm curious to see. Of course, another Babe Ruth. I just love those cards. 
And the last card I'm watching is the Connor McDavid uh, Upper Deck Ultimate Debut Threads Rookie Year RPA numbered out of the 10, only 10. That's that's right from the Oilers logo. What you're seeing right here in the blue and white is right from right from there on the chest, 12 grand at the moment. So those are the cards that I have on my favorite list, 29 altogether. Adam, I know you love this card. Let's hear your comments on the Cal Ripken. So, okay. The thing about credentials, and I think a lot of people who are watching this know, but maybe some don't, so we'll just share. 1997 and 98, the first essential credentials came out. The year before, they did another credential set that were all numbered to the same amount, but the essential credentials were made in basketball, they were made in football, and they were made in baseball. And what the what Fleer did is that Fleer made two, two sets that were parallels of the base set, and they made a now set and a future set. This is the now set. The now, the futures are pink and purple, and the nows are are this are this color right here. And if you add the two quantities or print runs together, they all add up to the same number, total number. But because they um, because they weighted the cards at the beginning of the set for the nows to be lower print run and then higher print run um, in the futures it sort of creates this mirror effect throughout the set so that card number one is, is serial number to one. And then it's serial number to whatever the opposite of that is. Let's say, let's call it a hundred cards in baseball. Cause I don't actually know what it is in baseball to give it 101 total. This Ripken was one of the, the, the critical sort of best, most important cards out of the set. In fact, it's numbered to the same thing as Jordan is in the basketball set in the, in the, in the basketball set, Michael Jordan's now is numbered to nine. And so, you know, that's what this Ripken is numbered to. Jordan, just to give you an idea of how baseball and basketball can be so different. We haven't seen a Jordan now up for auction in, I, I don't know, in a long, long time. A Jordan now has got to be over a million bucks. I mean, it's got to be well over a million dollars. It's a huge, huge card. And here Cal Ripken stands, not... He's not Jordan, I get that, but like there's not four or five other names in the 90s that are bigger than Cal Ripken in baseball, and it's sitting here at 12 grand. I mean, I just yeah. being real, like if I had the chance to bid on anything in this auction right now, I, I that's just a huge card. And then you pointed out, like, this didn't exist in basketball. There's no gem tens in basketball. I don't I don't know if it was slightly different technology or something, but like um, that's an amazing grade. That doesn't, that doesn't matter though. You're I, same as you. I don't even care. Oh, what it's, just, it's number to nine. It's like, it's amazing. Basketball equivalent of it is just such a huge card. So I, I just look at the price and sort of go, Oh wow. That's, that's way it's less than I thought. It, it, it's a bargain. And you know, and I think I know who's going to be buying it, which I think a, a lot of people know, and there might be, there's probably a bit of competition. I'm surprised it's still only at 12 grand. It is, it is an amazing card. I do, I do love it. I'd love to own it. Um, and you're right. Like Cal Ripken is no Michael Jordan, but Cal Ripken is like much loved by the, by the whole sporting world. I, I believe unless there's some controversy I'm unaware of, he's much loved. So this card is it, it's too cheap. There's no doubt about that in my mind. This is too cheap. This is too cheap. This is probably right. We'll end up right where it needs to. But now this is a SGC authentic. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe it's altered. Maybe it isn't. I have no idea. It wouldn't bother me though. I would still be happy to own it. But uh, I have two of the other Gretzky PMG greens from other years, which is kind of enough. Although I should get this one and 
and complete the uh, the trifecta, but I'm not I'm not qualified at this time, so I'm not going to. Okay, I'm going to now, Adam. Let's go to the top. I, I anyone else? If anyone from PWCC's technology team, website team is watching this, please revert back and give us more cards on this top row than three. We used to get six or seven. Now we're getting three, and this is here. We don't need this once the auction goes live, in my opinion, or once extended bidding goes live. Can we please go back to more cards up here because it's a really nice touch? Okay, with all that said, I'm going to remove that and go to some comments that we've had coming in because we haven't been uh, attending to them for quite some time. Oh, Vintage Card Collector wanted us to talk about the Brett Favre PMG Green, and I'm surprised that that was not on my um, on my favorite list. It really should have been. So let's go back to all items, and uh, we'll we'll look for that one for you, Vintage Card Collector. I'll bring that up really quickly. <clears throat> Lapper, good evening to you. If you're still here, great to see you. Just sitting here in the in the cheap seats. Justin Vick loves the cheap seats. They smell like hot dogs. Very good. Linda, welcome to the show. Says, in fact, my favorite car. Oh, first she says, I'm partial to the classic refractors, rainbow or silver, if you know what I mean. Yes, we do. In fact, my favorite card is the Gretzky Blast from the Past refractor. I know that card. I have the non-refractor version, Linda. It is a beautiful, beautiful card for sure. Dom in the house says, I'm taking the Jordan number pieces over the rookie flashback all day. That's the beautiful thing about this hobby, Dom. We don't all have to want the same cards uh, over others. So I well, that, that means you and I, we're not going to clash over those two, but they're both amazing, no doubt about it. Static says, less popular credentials that year, but I like them a lot. I think he's talking about either the 06 Jordan or the uh, LeBron review. Vintage card collector says, I think the contenders Manning is hurt by the autos fading so badly. I haven't seen a decent auto on any Manning or Moss. When we were looking at the Manning, I didn't notice that. Um, maybe we'll go back in a bit, but I didn't notice that on the one that's up right now. And I just might've, it might've been there. I just didn't notice it. Linda says, I have a Crosby from Panini Contenders. It's the 15th anniversary of that Manning rookie. It's called Rookie Recall. I'm familiar with it. It's numbered to 10. There's a gold parallel out of five and a black one one. Those are, those are probably some great cards. Doug Brenner loves the cut above Jordan. The cut above and the Duncan go nuts are two of my all-time favorite Jordan inserts. Justin Vick says that raise the roof card looks like a, a partial into another, a portal into another dimension. I've never heard of a card described that way, Justin Vick. Adam, remember that. That is, that is a great description. It looks like a portal into another dimension. Some auction house, probably PWCC, needs to use that in a descriptor in the future if Justin does not mind. That is awesome. Olivia wants to know, Adam, what are your duties at PWCC? By the way, congrats. You want to take, do it quickly if you can. I want to get through a bunch of comments still, but what are, what are, what's your job? You're muted. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm a little bit under the weather, and so I keep coughing, and I'm trying to not cough and and have you all okay. hear it so um yeah olivia i am fortunate enough to be working on the marketing team and that will um you know my duties will sort of expand uh, within the marketing team over the next little while but um you know you can imagine different things that, that the team might need for, for for the purposes of marketing and i'll be doing a lot of that sort of stuff so it's a it's a very big jump to go from the world of accounting jeremy to the world of marketing but here we are 
good for you. I'm, 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 uh, I don't want to say I'm, I'm envious because, you know, you live your life, all of mine, but I'm, I, I admire it, Adam. I respect and I admire the move and uh, I'm just really happy for you. Thank Lapper you. says, Jeremy, can you please just say whether it's a parallel or an, parallel or an insert? As I said, Lapper, when it comes to that flare showcase, row zero, I just don't know. But I think Adam told me it's a base. Linda says if it's a base, it's just short printed. Yeah, but it's it's not like the base cards. That's for sure. Dave says, get it out of the vault. Cards belong in hands, not vaults. Well, that's where most of my cards end up in my hands. That's for sure. Doug Brenner refers to Cal Ripken as the Iron Man, no doubt. And 450 tells us that the Curry RPA National uh, the National Treasures is up to 600,000. So it was 440 plus 88 early. It's had a couple of bids since then. Skeppy says that the EX 2001 Essential Credentials mirrors at mid-set and now in future reverse. Yeah, because the, the print runs just go like this, right? That's you were right. describing that earlier. Benjamin Diamond, welcome to the show, says, next month I'll be listing my PMG Green Jordan Auto PSA 11. Sure you will. Welcome to the show, Ben. And Max Trihall says, Trithel, I don't know how you say your name, Max, but welcome, says, some crazy soccer stuff in this auction. And I got to admit, I'm just not interested in the soccer cards. And Buzzy, Max at PWCC, help me with, help me with, Help me this week with a six-figure item, first class all the way, an asset to PWCC in the hobby. That's nice of you, Buzzy, to pay some respect to add to, to Max Trithal or Trithal from PWCC. And Max, welcome to the show to you as well. I don't know that I've seen you here before. If I have, I apologize. And we're at the bottom of the comments. So now we're going to look at the third card that we're talking about that is on the really the poster for this episode, which you can see right there without his face is the Brett Favre PMG green that vintage card collector asked us to talk about. And I have brought this up. So let's take a look at this stunning card. It's at $65,000 right now. And uh, we're going to, we're going to take a little look at the 360. Like actually let's look here first. This is to me outside of Barry Sanders and maybe Jerry Rice. Maybe the the it's it's a top three PMG football card of all time. I, I don't know yeah. if I'm forgetting anybody else, but I know there's a Barry Sanders. I know there's a Jerry Rice. I'm always looking for one of them in the red. And uh, and then you have Brett Favre. I don't know if there's anyone else on the football checklist that would be a contender for sort of the top three. There probably is Emmett Smith, maybe. Emmett, um, yeah. I'm not sure who else is in there. I don't like. There's no Joe Montana. That would be amazing. Imagine a red Joe Montana color match in this set. It would be beautiful. <laughs> but this is a PSA nine, which is actually a really strong grade for the for this card. And as we go in and just do a look, like you know, a touch of white in the corner does not offend me at all. You almost the weird thing about the weird thing about PMGs. You don't want them perfect. You just don't. I don't know why. It's the weirdest thing well, to say. It's like, go ahead. I, I wanted to say something real quick about this. So I I met I talked to, I think it was Grant Waldorf Stories at one point talked to me about how he had purchased a lot of football PMGs and he noticed that there was something that was slightly different about the way that they were made than the basketball 
ones. And so, you know, it's kind of like that EX uh, Ripken that we were looking at. You don't find credentials that are, that are gem mint. You just don't. And you don't find PMGs that have edges and corners like this one does in the basketball world. I think there's just something slightly different in the technology or in the cutting or, or something, but, um, but it's not uncommon in the world of football PMGs to see edges and corners that are as nice as this one. It's not like unfathomable, but if you saw this in basketball, it would be a little bit weird, honestly. I want to, yeah, I, listen, to, it, even though I know Grant has seen a ton of cards, um, I find it hard to believe that there's anything different about the printing in these two cards because they were produced so close together. And uh, like, did they change up the stock? Did they change up the ink? Did they change up the vent, the printing vendor? Who knows? But that doesn't matter. I want to call your attention to what I just noticed for the first time on this card, which is this almost fingerprint effect. You can see all these little ridges, which when you look at the card over here, you don't see it at all until you even when you zoom in, you got to zoom in pretty, pretty deep to see what's actually going on on this card. And it's and we you see these different patterns. That's because there is actually a pattern. There's actually a base card design underneath or, or like within this green. So I I think it's a phenomenal card. The thing, the only the only issue I have with this particular card is that Brett Favre is situated a little too far to the right for my liking. If he was a little bit more to the left, the card would have that additional level of symmetry, which would make it nice, but it's nicer, but maybe not. Maybe at the same time, this is what makes PMGs unique. They're so different in their design and the so, way that pictures are placed. So quick thought on that. I wonder, and I don't know it well enough, you know, I, I would be able to tell you this if we were looking at a basketball card, but my guess is, Jeremy, that if you looked up a base card of Brett Favre and you saw the colors that are around his left side and when what that is doing in the sort of design, it might make more sense why he's sitting off-centered. But because the PMG washes that all away, we get a little bit sort of like we get this different perspective. I'll bet you that that's the story. I'm actually tempted to just go look at it right now. Um, go, go, go take a peek. And, I'm going to do uh, it. Feel free to, to to let us know what you find. I, I'm I'm curious myself now to see. Um, okay, a few more comments here that have been coming in over the last few minutes. Max gives uh thanks to Buzzy. That was very nice. Ultimate pastime. What is going on? It's good to see you. I look forward to meeting you in person and thank you for the encouragement. I greatly appreciate it. Here we go. Benjamin fills me in. Dan Marino, Barry Sanders. Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith, and Brett Favre. Those would be the five main guys in the in the PMG set. Love it. Thank you very, very much. John Elway, too. Yeah, that would make some sense to me. And Vintage Card Collector. Yeah, this is a great question. Why did they do 15 greens in football versus 10 in, in, in basketball? Uh, out of, you know, 15 out of 150 versus 10 out of 100. So 15 greens, 135 reds versus 10 and 90. Um, I don't know why. I think... You know what? It probably had to do with the football market being maybe stronger at the time. So making the set bigger. Um, that's all I can think of. Um, and listen, I understand it's, it's an interesting question. It's a it's a maybe even as far as saying it's a good question, but it's one of those things that like, ah, whatever, who cares to me? It doesn't even really matter. Um, but I wonder if it, if, if it would be any different. Would the values be different 
if these were out of 10 and the Reds were out of 90, like the basketball set, I actually think it would have been cooler if they were the same. That consistency yeah. would make it more comparable. So the question is a good one. And um, I kind of wish that it, that it was uh, that these were out of 10 too, but that would make it harder for more people to afford them. So I've, I've always assumed that it was because there were just a lot more made and they wanted to keep something similar as far as, you know, odds <laughs> go. Um, but, but yeah, I think it is a really good question. I was going to tell you, I, so on the base card, I'm, I'm not, you know, maybe I'm not as not a super smart guy, but the, the far, if I looked at a couple pictures in the bottom left of the card, there's, there's some sort of, there's some sort of like an animal. It's like a, like a bear or a wolf or something like that. That's, that is really prominent. And, and he's just sitting to the side in, in the base card, but obviously that gets washed out in the PMG. So that is what's happening there. Very interesting. Well, thanks for that. Now we are five minutes away from the end of the first level of extended bidding, the five minute window. So once this, you know, in five minutes or six minutes, this these windows are for the next half hour after that are going to be two minute windows, meaning if no bid is placed for two minutes, this whole auction will end. That's interesting. Then the half hour after that in 35 minutes, that goes down to one minute. In the meantime, though, I did it. I went back to the the main uh, premier auction screen, all 366 auction results, and I went to the last page to see what the lower end cards are and what's going on at this lower end. Just just out of curiosity, we don't do this very often. We have a Kyler Murray green shimmer out of two for six grand. We've got a Trey Young blue shimmer out of seven for seven thousand dollars. Yeah. Another Kyler Murray. I'm surprised that, listen, I don't know a ton about Kyler Murray, but I'm surprised that any of his cards are really qualifying for the for the premier. Josh Allen, like I like this guy, 65,000. This must not be, um, I'm going to do a, a sort by lowest hey, price. Hey, while you're, while you're sorting, Jeremy, I want to say I've had a couple friends message me. Um, one, one buddy in, in particular just messaged me a picture of him watching us on one screen and he's got the game up on the other and uh you know it's just funny to it's funny to see that but it's at the end of the third quarter and it's a 10 point game so yeah um, i noticed that like yes thank you i noticed dave uh Bolaton put that up in the chat thank you dave for the update do appreciate yeah. that and uh yeah i they were up by like uh 17 or 18 or uh, not too long ago like earlier on in the third. So Boston's making a bit of a push actually, but uh 10 point cushion. Listen, anything can happen in that fourth quarter. We've seen it before. Yep. Someone just, I think, uh, here we go. Justin Vick loves the Christy Mathewson T206 sunset card. He's talking about this one right here. Look at that sunset in the background. This, mm. this is a beautiful card. Doesn't get a, as much attention as it should. I think based on its beauty, there are other Mathewson's in the set. And this is the one that does not get, uh, get as much notice i don't think or notoriety as some of the others nice to see a lewis hamilton card i do enjoy f1 i don't collect the cards i have two cards total in my f in my card collection i haven't bought any in years but um very nice to see a lewis hamilton there again we're going from cheapest to most expensive i also did a search earlier today to see how many charizards were in the set as a player i think the number was like it's either four or seven a lot, a lot of players had seven cards in this auction Another uh, Panini Prism parallel, light blue die cut Giannis at seven thousand dollars. Is this? It's not numbered. No. Oh, it is out of one ninety nine. 
Hey, that that LeBron next to it's a beautiful card right there too, because that's not the regular autograph. That's the I think it's the silver or gold version. Gold number to number to jersey number. That's that. So that's the sort of thing that I talk about every time when we're about to, to go live. Is I'm always like, guys, get your bids in early because some stuff like this it just it sits there low, and if you don't have the the early bid in, you're you're kind of shot. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was about to scroll right by it because just as I'm going by, it looks a little busy to me. But when you actually look at it, it is it is beautiful. Full body shot, action shot, auto out of 23. I, I love Ultimate Collection. Love ultimate. Al Al ultimate Collection is always so well designed. I see Jacob, Jake Dahl wants, to, wants us to look at the Hulk Hogan card. This is a an in-person on-card auto of Hulk Hogan on what is, I believe, one of his best cards, if not his best card. He also yeah. has a purple PMG from the same set as the uh, as the uh, Tiger Woods. This is, this is a this very is popular, better. very popular MJ insert, the Rave Review. Although this card never fails to surprise me how much people like it. Simply like I love the design of the card. What I don't like, and I'll show you guys in a moment, as soon as this thing loads, Adam, you probably know what I'm getting at, but like. It looks like half his face is cut. Where's where's the rest of his nose? Where's his yeah. eye? Where where where's his cheek? That does not look like Michael Jordan to me. So I, I've never been a fan of this card simply because of this. How about you, Adam? I think this card. The one of the funny unknown things about it is it was meant to be a die cut. If you look at the sides, you can see the place where it was supposed to be a die cut, and then last minute the um, company decided to to not make it a die cut. So it's supposed to have some pieces taken out of the sides there. If I remember right, I, I think I think that's right. But can we go back to the Hogan real quick? The Hogan yeah. to me is is oh, like on. if I was gonna buy a wrestling card, this is probably the card that I'd buy. Because you know, when you think of wrestling, especially wrestling in the 80s and 90s, that's you know, it's Andre the Giant and it's Hulk Hogan. And yeah. this is, you know, as far as iconic wrestling cards go, this is the one. It's not like there's tons of them out there. And then autograph decent autograph and then you look at the price and you sort of go oh it's not the most money in the world and it's you know one of the maybe one of the coolest wrestling cards out there so i i really like that one yeah you know what I, I have a bit of a different opinion i first of all what i love about it is that stare i love i just look at him this is the hulk hogan that i remember watching when i was watching wwf in the 80s this is this is hulk hogan to me with that long hair the stash all that I don't love this auto on here. I just, I'd rather buy a copy of it without the auto. The auto is a little too streaky for my personal liking, but yeah. it's still a very cool card. No doubt about it. I want it's to funny back because one of the things that you and I have talked about a few times over the last couple episodes, and we talked about it in planning this time too. Two of my favorite cards in the auction are autographed after the fact cards but you're that's this is something we always just get to we have this like difference in, in in what we like and i love the autographs on cards that are you know like the two the two this auction that are the most interesting to me it's not the hogan it's it's the babe ruth you know i love the babe ruth so my maybe I my favorite card in the option auction and then the garrig especially considering you know when garrig passed i hope we get to look at that one because every time i see garrig autograph on an original card i just sort of go oh yeah that's it i love that yeah okay so i want to and uh jesse has joined us jesse i see you there we'll bring you up in just a couple of minutes i just want to get through a couple more things here uh but the lewis hamilton there was a comment right here from lapper he says is that a hamilton auto 
kids don't practice their autos like we used to back in the day. So I wanted to bring it up, but hey, nonetheless, that is his autograph. So still pretty good, uh, nice, nice card to have there. And then we're gonna, so here's the other copy of this card. It's the BGS 95 is looks like it's gonna sell for less than the PSA 9. And now I'm I'm kind of and I said to Adam before the episode, I said, listen, I can't put a bid in on the BGS 95 now because I don't want to buy have to buy both of these cars. I only want one of them. But it looks like I might have been better off with the BGS 95, although the surface is a nine. You really gotta look at these cards side by side to see. I'll be happy with either of them, but hey, I might have saved a thousand bucks plus BP buying the 95 instead of the PSA 9. I did bring up a cash. Oh, sorry, we're on the, we're on the, 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 the lower end cards. And uh, I'll just kind of scroll. Uh, Clyde, hey, Jer Jeremy, remember, we're, we don't have the screen up right now. Oh, shoot. Thank you for telling me. My yeah. goodness, I'm sitting here looking yeah, at the good. cards. Silly. I was talking about this one right here, this BGS 95 Row Zero MJ at seven grand. It's a thousand cheaper than the PSA 9. I sh yeah. Again, I maybe should have tried to buy this one instead, but I didn't want to get stuck buying both. We have a Drexler PMG Red at 7,000. I think that's a great card at a great price right there. If I was uh, if I was interested, which I'm not, I'm not a Drexler guy, but boy, you know, for, just for a PMG Red, what a great card at a great price. And this is a neat Luca actually, this uh, from Goodwin, but with the uh, in 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 the uh, in the O3 Exquisite uh, pattern. I think it's a I think it's just a really cool flashback. Okay, let's bring on. Jesse Craig, also of PWCC, and welcome you to the show. Get comfy. I see you moving around there, and here he is. How are you, sir? Hey, what's going on, guys? Doing well. Are you actually sitting outside, or is that a is that a fake background? No, I'm I'm sitting outside because the weather here in Oregon. We finally had a 70 degree day today, and so I'm trying to take full advantage of it. And I'm outside, and the the kids are running wild inside, so I uh, I decided to pop out here. Very nice. Well, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you. And now I can say welcome welcome to the show uh, and joining your colleague, Adam Gray. Uh, how's it been? What's it like for you? I mean, just on a personal level, knowing now that Adam is a colleague of yours at PWCC and he's been doing the show with me for a year and you've come on a few times. How's that, how's that for you? Hang on two seconds. Hey, bud, go inside. I'm on, I'm on a Zoom call, okay? I'm on a call. Love you. Sorry. Um, no, it's great. Uh, we're super excited to have Adam on board. Um, you know, he's going to bring a lot to the table for us. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to have a fellow colleague on here uh, for closing night. It's great. Yeah, no doubt. Jesse, listen, I mean, it's good to have you. And I'm wondering, is there any are there any cards that you would like to put a spotlight on in tonight's auction that uh, you think is maybe under? undervalued at the moment or special you've never seen before anything you'd like us to look at um yeah i mean look the ruth auto i've mentioned before that's one of my favorite cards in the auction um you know i think the the messy psa 10s interesting because i know privately i've tried to get guys to sell them and the number's been extremely high um so what's it sitting at 260 before the juice right now so you know, call that three, what's that, 312 uh, or so. I I expect that to maybe get a few more bids. Um, you know, I think that thing could hit 400 or higher. It's There's only 20 of them that exist. It is, you know, the modern soccer grail. And I know how much the, the owners of the 
the other ones covet them and they don't want to let them go. I mean, I've, I've given big offers on cards like this privately and, uh, and haven't had any success. So uh, I expect this thing to do a big number, but that Ruth is amazing. The quality of that 52 Jackie is unbelievable as well. I love that card. Um, just dead for that card. And so there's, yeah, there's a lot of really good, it's a really diverse auction. Um, yes. I really like this auction. It's not, it's not super top heavy for uh, modern or or vintage. It's 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 pretty well rounded. Yeah, I agree. I said that at the outset of the show. This I think is my favorite premier auction so far. Just the the selection of items. The Jackie is an absolute blazer. I yep. put it on the I put it on the uh, the promotional poster for this episode because I just think it's so nice. And just look at this this card. Like 1952, they knew how to make a gorgeous card. What a, what a, look how handsome bright, he looks now. Bright red print is gorgeous. The print, the print quality. Bright I think he, he just looks, he looks so handsome in this picture, which is funny to say, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, Charizard, I'm going to, I'm going to just talk for, about this for one second. This card, you know, what's going on with these cards? Uh, has the, has the print run or the population gone up over the last little bit? Um, what what are you guys at PWCC noticing in terms of the demand for Pokemon versus like a year ago, let's say? Yeah, I mean, look, this is one of those commodities that had a big run up and it's kind of settling back down. Um, a lot of these things that had crazy high run ups are they're having a correction right now, which is kind of natural for any market when you have a huge run up and then um, it's not sustainable. Uh, and so there's 120 or 130, whatever the, the pop is of those, of those Charizard. So, you know, it's, you know, if you, if you don't buy this one that, well, guess what? There might be one available in a month or two or three. Um, so the, the, the demand is high for it. It's an extremely important card and kind of, you know, one of the grails for Pokemon, but there's a lot of supply. So, um, it's, I think you're just seeing it kind of settle down a little bit. We've seen the Jordan tens do it. Uh, the Kobe Tops Chroma Fractors do it, and it's a pretty natural thing at this point. Well, speaking of the Jordan 10s, here's one right here with an NBA diamond. It's got PWCC top 30% as well. I mean, mm -hmm. without zooming in on this card, the centering looks like dead on to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think pretty – I can't see any different side to side. Again, one of those, if it's not if it's not 98.2 no, sorry, if it's not 50-50, it's like, you know – Four, it's like a half a percent off each way. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice, very nice copy. Is the population on the PSA 10 still like 317, 319? I think it's 319 is last time I checked. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This yeah. is a nice card here. Like, again, it's the first year. It's my least favorite of the first three years of Exquisite limited logos because of the small headshot. But this is a, this is a patch that is unbe unbelievable. Great on card auto. Anything either of you would like to say about this LeBron limited logos? Yeah, I, I have a comment. It's funny that you say that about the image because that's a lot of people's favorite insert because of how big the patch window is. So to each his own, right? Um, but that's and that's I think why you know some of these newer uh, you know I think part of the reason why NT has been so successful, even though it's not game worn, is the large patch windows, and you can have an, an amazing looking patch on those cards. Um, I'm a game used patch guy, but um, you know, this card itself has an unbelievable patch and it is the most popular insert from 03 Exquisite. Yeah. Adam, you're on mute again because you're sick. <laughs> Second time I've done that. I'm trying to spare you guys from my coughing. 
um, the wrong day to get to get under the weather, though, for sure. So the thing that I always mention about this card that I just can't it's just can't be overstated. It is it's a game used it's a game used patch autograph rookie card. His his rookie his, his base rookie card out of ninety nine is not game used, but this one is. And so, you know, from that perspective, it and then you add to it that the quality of this patch is what it is. And then go and compare it to what the what the rookie out of ninety nine would sell for. It's easy to talk yourself into this one. Yeah. It is it is very nice. Did you so so the limited logos is game worn, but the actual LeBron out of ninety nine RPA is not? Yeah, take take a quick look at it. Uh, look yeah. at the reverse on it. I, mean, I trust I, you. I trust you. It just tells me that that it just it blows my mind that the that the hobby does that. That that's where we as, assign the value because I would much rather have this card over the RPA than at you know what a, a fifth to a tenth of the price. This is this is good value right here. Very me, good value. I think Jesse agrees. And yeah, I, I do. And you know all the inserts from O3 Exquisite are all game used. Um, and the RPAs aren't. It's just kind of interesting, but uh, but yeah, there's some inserts from O3 Exquisite. You know, emblems is my favorite. It's the lowest serial numbered. It's still got a really nice, you know, two little patch windows in it. So um, I'm a big emblem emblems of endorsement fan from O3 Exquisite. I just love those cards. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Scrolling through. I mean, here's another case where you like. I don't know if this is game worn or not. Is it? Do you know, Jesse? It's not. It's not. It's it's not. not. Is the is the uh, immaculate Giannis RPA game used? Uh, ooh, the RPA. I don't think so. Um, but immaculate. The problem with with basketball is the only the only game used rookie product for basketball that I'm aware of is flawless. Is that right, Adam? Yeah. Um, so I don't think immaculate is, and I know NT is not. So that's why, you know, I've talked about this a lot in the past, but I think flawless, it was flawless and NT. And I think we're going to be doing one of these eventually. Um, I think think you're right. I think the hobby will smarten up to that because there is such a, there, to me, there's such a, an, a premium that I would, I would apply to a game used patch over a non-game use patch at which point it's really just a decoration but listen there's something to be said for the rookie card that rc designation carries a lot of value as well and maybe back in 03 when they were designing and building out that set they said well listen let's save the memorabilia for the insert so they can have that extra value and let the value of the rpas and the rookie cards uh let that value come from the fact that it's a rookie card and that might have allowed them to make more insert sets in the year from the memorabilia that they had available. Yeah. I mean, this, it feels like common sense to me, right? It's like, okay, so you go, you go grab a Steph Curry Jersey. I'm, you know, got the NBA finals on in the background, but you grab a a Steph Curry Jersey off the rack and you have them sign it. And then you have a game used Steph Curry Jersey that's signed. Well, that game used Steph Curry Jersey is going to be 20 to 50 X the value of the random one you pulled off the rack. So, why why haven't we attributed that to cards? It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, me neither. You know, Dave Boliton, you know, uh, uh, he's very firm on his on his uh, opinion that patches that aren't game worn are a joke. Now, I don't think they're a joke, and I'll speak to that. And then he says non-game use patches are just cards with autographs. So a couple of things there. First of all, when a when a card is non when a when a patch is non-game used, 
but the player did put it on for a photo shoot. That to me is in between game used and simply a manufactured patch. It has nothing to do with the player. Probably, no, it's, it's not nearly as good as game worn and it's not as bad as just a decorative uh, element to a card, but the player did wear it. Just like we like on-card autos versus sticker autos because the player touched the card. You can say the same thing about a photo shoot versus a off-the-rack manufactured patch. So I don't think that they're a joke. I also don't think that they're just cards with autographs, but they're certainly inferior to game-worn. Please, Adam. So the thing that I want to add here that I think is kind of interesting, uh, at least from my perspective, is that with National Treasures and Immaculate, the sort of most premier RPAs that aren't game-used, the great thing about those sets is that they have a consistent heritage, right? Like they have these rookies that are out of 99. And then in the case of Immaculate, you have the Jersey numbered version. In the case of NT, you have the gold to 25. They did some things differently on a few years, but they've been pretty consistent about doing that. And they did it for all of the rookies. The issue that I have with Flawless, and by the way, I love Flawless because, because you know, as we point out, they're game use. The issue is that you don't get a lot of the rookies. You only get a few of them that are at the top of the class. And so, you know, you might not have an option for a game used flawless RPA. And then even when you do, they're not part of the base set. So it's just what Panini has done over the years that's kind of maddening is they've sometimes given, you know, one strength in one variable to one set and another strength in another variable into another set. And then it's up to us as the years go by to determine which cards are the best. But it's not always as cut and dry, I don't think. Yeah, yeah I, I look at, um, there's this this image, if you Google on the internet, of Mark Ingram at a photo shoot, and he has like 25 jerseys on. His shoulders are like this high. <laughs> That's player worn, right? So uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of For me, it's kind of game use or nothing, but uh, that's my own opinion. No, you know, when you, when you put it like that, that just seems way, way too manufactured to me. Now, listen, we, I use the term manufactured. All these cards are manufactured at some point. But, but to, to just do that, it's almost, it just seems, does, doesn't sit right with me. Doesn't sit right with me. So, you know, when you say it's either game used or nothing or, or just isn't, I do hear that, but there's a difference still between player worn, even if it's just for 15 seconds, and <laughs> never touched by the player. Jesse, what are you laughing at? Uh, just sorry, the, it's so hard to not watch Game Six of the NBA Finals while we're you know doing. I'm multitasking. Curry just yeah, took it to the I. back, and they're I'm, uh, they're watching, I'm just watching the score on my phone here. <laughs> As as uh, four and a half minutes left here, and I see that they're up. Golden State's up eleven. Hey, Jeremy. Um, yeah, Jeremy. My my final thought on this. I love this conversation, by the way, and I think this is what I like most about our show is that we have these differences of opinions sometimes, and we we're, we're all pretty opinionated people, and this is this is where we end up. The case that I would make for the non game worn jersey RPA is that undisputed. Undis, I can't even say the word. The two best RPAs in our hobby are both player warm they're, they're the staff that's up tonight and the lebron and uh, out of 99 and those are the two most valuable they are you know and so i would love it to be game worn but at the end of the day you know sometimes there's something about the set that that changes how people think about that well listen i mean i don't 
okay, I don't think that that's an argument for non-game use. I think it's an argument for the value of a rookie card, which has never been disputed sure. in, our, in the hobby. Right. Mm -hmm. If those were game-worn, the real question is, if the LeBron and the Steph Curry were game-worn patches, would they sell for more than they already do? And we cannot say for certain that they would. We just don't know. Maybe they would. If there was a way to make that comparison, and maybe there are some parallels that could be drawn between other cards of similar players or you know that sort of thing. I don't know if there is, though. But to me, um, yeah, I, I, that's why I've always liked second-year cards. Yeah. Second-year cards from of a player from that doesn't have a game worn card in their rookie year if that exists i would like for example connor mcdavid in hockey his his rpa is not game worn but his second year base patch parallel out of eight on card auto is game worn to me that's a great card to me that's almost better than the rookie year hey it's it's only one year younger What's the yet you get game worn versus non? I will go game worn over non every time. And I will probably not buy many cards that are that don't have game worn jerseys on them for the rest of my collecting career because not that I won't like the card, I'll just buy something different. You know, there's always cards to buy. So yeah. Connor McDavid's uh PMG purple just got a bid. 32,000. This card is numbered out of five. Jesse, I don't know if you heard me say it earlier before you came on, but I said I, I, I said to PWCC's uh, tech division, if you could get rid of this side of the screen and put back more cards on this ticker, that would be great. It just adds so much to have, but this is the first time that you guys kind of cut off half the screen to put this up. Um, so. You know, what's funny is I actually had a suggestion for how to change the design of this. And um, I don't think it was exactly what I suggested, but um, but I'll tell yeah, I'll, I'll let them know your notes. I. I agree. I think that uh, it, it was better before. Thank you. I appreciate that. While we watch the ticker up here, we're, we're coming up. We're 10 minutes away from the final uh, window, the final extended bidding window is the one minute, but we still have another 10 or 11 minutes of the two minute bidding window. So we got a bit of time. So I'm going to go to a few comments here from, from the crowd. And uh, Dave Boliton says, unless he's putting on 100 shirts in a 15 minute time frame. If you wore it at an event, say charity for two hours, then yes, I'd agree with you. That's a good distinction, I think. Linda says the NHL has a rookie premiere, which is an event where all of that season's rookies show up for three days. They skate, have photo shoots, and sign all day long wearing jerseys. Those are the jerseys that they use. So that's wearing it for more time. Jesse, I'm just going to do the, that so I can get you on the screen as well, not covered up by the comments. Will let me my me be covered off. Skeppy says any jersey patch that is other than game used is a compromise. That's fine if that's what you like, but it's still a compromise. So I I don't know. Listen, it's I don't compromise is a weird word here because the card companies are are, are for profit businesses that have to uh, they have to work within a budget. So is it a compromise or is it all that they're really able to do? Because otherwise the pack price has to go way up. So I understand. Yeah. It's, yeah maybe compromise is a good, is a good word for that. You know, I, I don't know if pack price needs to go up because I think that the, um, you know, the release price of a lot of these retail products is astronomical and insane. Uh, but, Not the newest honestly, thing, but yeah, well, 
honestly, in my opinion, Panini and um, Panini and Fanatics should be the two largest memorabilia buyers in the world. Agreed. They should be buying up all of the game used memorabilia from all the players that are going to be in their products. And I mean, especially like what I was really disappointed with this year is that all the football products that came out, they came out so late and they still weren't game used. Like why, why, why can't flawless flawless football if flawless basketball is always game used. If you're launching flawless football six months after the season ends, why can't that be game? I don't understand. I know it's probably, wow. it was a manufacturing issue and distribution that they probably had, you know, um, with, with COVID and all that crap, but uh, I just don't, I don't understand it. I, I think that it was, it was an opportunity to change the narrative on some of their products in the football in the NFL and they didn't do it. Yeah. It I think I think it's a bit of both of what you're saying. I think it's probably a profit-driven decision, but I think there are COVID-related reasons that are still happening. And you'll hear some people say, okay, enough of COVID, but no. I, I talk to people that work at card companies that are not like the higher-ups, and these, these are legitimate reasons why. And COVID just slowed, although card the production was delayed, players were traveling less. People were traveling less to go get these things, to make sure they're real, all these different, all these different things. Um, in any event, I, I think we do all agree. I do see a comment. Dave, Dave makes a good comment here. He says, I see more and more people checking at shows to see if the patch is game worn. So I think folks have figured it out. Well, I'll tell you, I don't buy a patch card anymore without checking to see if it's game used. And if it isn't, I just might not buy it. I, well, I usually just don't buy it. That That's the deciding factor for me. Adam, anything, uh, I don't know if you're on mute, but anything you'd like to jump in with? <laughs> I'm not on mute. <laughs> the thing that I want to do is I want to ask Jesse, um, what what's going to happen to this Steph NT now that the Warriors are going to win the, the Yeah, they're, they're up 13 with a minute 30 left, and Steph just got fouled. So it looks like he's, he's going to get points. Yeah, he's going to bring number four and his first finals MVP he's going to get, uh, which is a big deal, honestly. That's always been the knock. It's like, hey, you won three finals, you never won MVP. Uh, so now he's got four plus a finals MVP. By the I way, mean, look, sorry, Jesse, in, what, sorry, Jesse, he's one second. Sorry, just hold that thought. I just want to say that is, to me, is one of the dumbest reasons for a player not to get hobby love because they don't have finals MVPs. Last I saw, it's a team sport. Everybody yep. has to come and contribute at some point. All players have a night off. You know, they, you, it's just, that's just life and psychology. So to me, a stupid, stupid reason why a player doesn't get love. But I'm sorry for interrupting, Jesse. Please continue. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, it's just it's just one of the rebuttals I've heard when I've talked about him before for, uh, to people. And, you know, it's like, hey, if he gets his fourth ring, how's he going to compare to LeBron? Because LeBron's got four. And, you know, the, the argument I've heard is it, they go to, you know, everybody tries to find something, right? So they go to the finals MVPs and that's, that's kind of the, the biggest argument. But um, I, I love Steph. I think he's phenomenal. He changed the game. Um, he yeah. really did. The fun, he fundamentally changed the way the basketball is played today. And I'm, I'm really happy for him to, to get his, I'm assuming he's going to get the MVP because I don't know who else it would go to, but uh, his first finals MVP. I, yeah, I echo those statements. Go ahead, Adam. I just can say that no question he's going to win it. No question it changes some, some people's perspective. Everybody's going to have haters. Everybody's going to have trolls. But um, this puts a lot of those guys to bed. And I think what it does, and this is what we talked about earlier, Jesse, before you hopped on, 
it puts it creates some creates some interesting conversations, some interesting debates about who Steph Curry is in terms of the all all time pantheon, you know, where he fits. And I had him before this series, I had him at 10 all time. And I, I, you know, I actually don't think you can take it. You, you can do whatever you want, but I think this is, you know, this puts him, this puts him right around eight or nine all time. And, you know, for, for a guy who, who changed the game the way that he did. It's just, it's interesting. And to have, to have his, his key rookie card, the NT up right now, I don't know. You just wonder if anybody's going to, if anybody's going to jump on and say, okay, now's the time. I know who he is. Yeah. They need to have it. So it'll be interesting. I have have a feeling that we're going to get a little Steph Curry action here before the close for sure. (laughs) I think that would be uh, that would be natural at this point. I'm going to go to a few comments guys is watch the bids coming in in real time up here. And Adam, you'll notice that, uh, that the Cal Ripken has doubled in price since we were talking about it. I like to see Connor McDavid really get up into the 30,000 for this uh, PMG purple that's out of five. I'm going to go to a couple a couple more comments here. Uh, Grail Grail says, I'm trying to figure out which organ to, to sell. That, oh, which organ? I think you're saying which what organ, organ to sell to buy organ. that. Yeah, to, to buy that Curry RPA. I'm willing to give up my left hand at this point. Max from PWCC says, this bad boy is going to go into the wee hours of the AM. Better get your coffee. I'll venture to say it'll be over in about an hour's time based on extensive experience monitoring and covering these uh, these premier auctions. Dave says it's insane. Insane prices for new products is an understatement. Congrats to the Golden State Warriors from 450. And then Benjamin Diamond says, I like the manufactured patches of the American flag from Upper Deck Black. The only thing I'll say is that they're not pretending to be game-worn patches or they're not, they're not trying to, to, to look like. They're not knockoffs of game more and they are truly a design element the card companies need to come up with a way to cover eight and a quarter square inches of every card so putting on a a manufactured american flag there's nothing wrong with that in my opinion it's just a design element as if it as if they just printed the flag right on to the cardboard steph is a top five player of all time debate is over says grail grails max from PWC says player worn and manufactured like by the letter are essentially the same. So the only thing, and then he goes to me, which I'm glad you said, Max, because to me, they're not essentially the same. And the reason why is because um, a manufactured patch is just a design element, whereas a player worn patch has something additional to it. But yeah, okay, fine. I'll give in. Essentially the same thing. Fine. I, I, I listened to my own argument there. I'm like, ah, that doesn't hold much water. Okay. Essentially the same thing for sure. Vintage says Steph is top 10, not top five. I think Adam has it him at nine. Dave agrees. He changed the game, but the game was also changed the benef- to benefit him. And Justin Vick says PWCC should launch an organ trading program. <laughs> Jesse, take that to the next board meeting. Yeah, done deal. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we are we are now two minutes away from the one-minute uh, windows. And once we hit the one-minute windows, we usually go for another 20 to 40 minutes, I would say. Uh, looks like the basketball game is over. 13-point yep. win, pretty decisive. How did Tatum play tonight? I don't think he played great. Trying to go into the stats here, but my phone just kind of froze on me. Hey Jeremy, while you while you do that, 
I, we still haven't gotten a chance to go look at that Gehrig that we oh, that we've okay. had. We've had it mentioned a couple times in the comments. Can we go look at that? Yeah, let's definitely go look at the Gehrig. Is it here on the first page, or should I do a search? I don't think so. It last time I saw it, it was it was not as nearly as expensive. Um, okay, what year did heard. when did Gehrig pass away? What what year ish was that? Nineteen fifty six. Forties, fifties, thirty something. I have no idea. No idea either. That's a nice random guess, Jeremy. Yeah, it was completely random. Absolutely, you you you're just, asking me there. Whenever we see Google will tell us here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, look. Whenever we see autographs on original cards like like this from guys that passed away, you know, close to a hundred years ago, I just nineteen forty. Yeah, forty-one. He died. Yep. Holy, that's a long time. That hey guys, that's a long time ago. And Ruth Ruth was in forty-eight. I just look at that card and think, I mean, I don't know what the pop is. Does it say in the description what the pop is or how many how many of them he signed? I don't see it there. Is it in the description? I don't see it. I don't know if it is. But, but yeah, it's listen, this card overall is an absolute stunner. It looks like the bottom. I don't know what's going on in the bottom here. If it's uh, if, if somebody cut off the bottom years ago or if that's just the actual border tough to say i'm not well actually we can we can just go back to here and take a peek uh i i do yeah oh yeah this card has definitely been uh been trimmed simply because you don't even have the big league uh, chewing gum at the bottom so somebody had some some kid or adult back in the 40s had to fit this into a certain uh, album and uh <laughs> It's about the autograph. It's not so. It you know. It's definitely about the autograph. Although that would that would deter me from uh, from wanting a copy of this card, even autograph. This now now we're talking. I mean, look at this. Look at this card. That's well. It looks like card. looks like the market agrees with you here too, Jeremy. That the nice condition ones worth worth more. I would have predicted the autograph was more. I know we're scrolled down a little bit, but the curry just got a bid. The RPA. Oh, so did Jackie. Yeah. We're getting into the, the nitty-gritty so the here. Jeter. The Jeter got a bid. Yeah, Jackie got another bid. Jack God, I love that Jackie. It's a great card. Look at this, though. Look at this, Lou Gehrig. Like this is this is to me, this is the second best card from the 33 Gaudi after the Babe Ruth number 53. If I could only own two, it would be those two. Before, even before I'd go purchase a uh a, a one of the other Babe Ruths. Here, let's go. Uh, let's go back to the main page, and we'll sort from the highest price. It would be nice to uh, to to see some of these big high end cards. So there's the Steph. It's now at all at what seven hundred grand, just about for the Steph Curry, five seventy five plus uh, plus what another eleven something or hundred and eleven hundred and ten thousand. That's almost a seven hundred thousand dollars right there. Look at the Luca blows my mind blows my mind the value that this card continues to, to get this does not blow my mind when you're talking about a pop what is this a pop 21 right there right the Derek mm -hmm. jeter you know this is so it's at 30 it's at 390 plus uh basically 80 it's almost a 500 grand 470 or so wow 
How special is this card in your mind, Jesse? A, a, an S, like what is otherwise a very high, you know, it's a commodity card, the Derek Jeter, but in the PSA 10, it just isn't. Tw uh, Pop 21 versus even the Jordan Pop 319. How important, how, how much, listen, you talk to a lot of people. How, how, much, how much demand is there for the Derek Jeter PSA 10 amongst the most elite collectors? It's pretty high. I mean, it's a, it's a big chase card. I know guys that own multiple copies. So I think that affects the, obviously it affects the supply, the available supply. Uh, but yeah, if anybody who's a baseball fan that collects high end baseball, you know, they, that's one of the cards that they want to chase and they want to own. So the demand's definitely there. Uh, and you don't see them because there's only 20, is it 21? Is that the pop? Yeah. Is it 20? Yeah. 21. Um, you just don't see them, excuse me, sell very often. So when you have the opportunity, you kind of, if you don't own one or if you own one and you want to own multiple copies, which I know guys that have, then you, uh, you got to go after it. Yeah. There's just such a limited supply of this at, at, at the ultimate highest grade being a 10. It's, it's a card that, we, you know, I remember when we hadn't seen one for so long. Now we've seen a couple over the last six months and it's, it's nice to see what they're actually worth. And, and if that has any impact on the nines and the eights, and as you go down the line as well, can't stop this card. I think I could just look at this card for hours on end. It's the Jackie. Oh, I love it. Just love it. It is a beautiful card. The, yeah, I'm telling you the the print on that you can't you can't touch. You just don't see that. Hey, hey, Jesse. One thing that we haven't talked about a lot before, but I just saw it as I was sort of looking around on the PWCC site. There's like this half bidding thing. What it's like yeah. half bidding enabled. Can you can you talk to us about like what the rhyme or reason is behind that and what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty simple, really. So when you get, especially once cards get higher end, right? Um, you have the next bid might be a forty thousand dollar bid or a fifty thousand dollar bid, and you're like, God, you're like, man, I don't know if I could bid twenty to twenty five or whatever it may be. I would do that, but I don't know if I want to bid fifty. Well, that's what the half bid is. So you can go in and you can place a half bid during the one minute window one time on one or on an on each item one time, uh, and and kind of take advantage of that that half bid. But what if what I've seen guys do too? It's kind of funny. I've seen it happen where. You place the half bid, you get out bid, and you go screw it, and you hit the <laughs> you hit the full bid the next time because you only have one half bid per item. Uh, <laughs> but it's you know it's it's worth a shot if you feel like you're at that precipice of of the value of an asset, and a full bid takes over where you believe it should be, but the half bid puts you right there. That's what it's for. Hmm. Jesse, you. can you explain what this this feature is here that I just enabled? It's called Power Buyer. Yeah, so based on um, based on some algorithms we have and some behind the scenes numbers um, and our own values on cards, if you sort by the Power Buyer tool, it will enable um, you know what we feel like might be the best deals in the auction. So based on based on current bid versus um, uh, sorry current bid versus uh, what what it's sitting at or what what the what our value is based on comps over the last several sure. months pretty yeah, much yeah, yeah. which so it makes sense to me then based on the recent trends in the hobby that we're seeing so many of those in this auction at this point in time i did check this earlier today i think the number was like 260 and i said to adam as bids come up come in on other cards this number is going to go down because prices are getting higher so the deal the deals aren't as good but it, mm -hmm. it really is consistent to me that we're seeing we're not seeing like there's only 25 good deals in this auction. There's like 192 right now because 
the market is softer than it was over the past six months, which is no secret. So that makes that makes good sense to me. I want to see what's going on with the two cards that I had bids on. So I'm just going to go over to here and you know, we'll do it over here. Go to my bids and let's see if I'm going to be buying any cards tonight. If I am still the high bidder. Oh, I am. What happened to the other card I bid on? Oh, power buyer enabled. There we go. So I'm probably going to win this card right now. The PSA nine row zero, Michael Jordan. If I get rid of the power buyer, we'll see the other card that I was bidding on, which is the Willie Mays PSA five. I got to tell you guys a bit about this card because I have been looking for a Willie Mays rookie for 15 years, literally 15 years. The closest I came was buying a PSA eight. In about 2009, maybe it was. And I didn't buy it because it went over eight grand. Boy, do I wish I bought that then. But here's why I like this PSA 5. You'll notice, first of all, that the centering is not perfect. It's shifted down and to the left, but it doesn't bother me. That, that said, the centering is good enough for me. But what I love about this copy is what you don't see on it, which are the vertical lines. And Jesse, right. you'll know what I'm talking about. The vertical print lines that you often see like come right here. Let me just zoom out a bit. They often come right here. Sometimes there's another one right here. Any, I don't care how nice the card is, how cheap it is. If I see those vertical lines on a Willie Mays, I'm not, I, it's not welcome in my collection. Simple as that. The other thing you often see is in the name bar here. Now we do see some snow right here, a little bit right there. But oftentimes you see a very prominent fisheye, wherever it may be. I don't want a fisheye. I'll take the snow. I don't want a prominent fisheye in the name bar. This card does not have the fisheye. It does not have the vertical line. And just go look on, on PWCC's historical. Go look on eBay. Go look anywhere. You're going to see several copies of this card, which is his true rookie, that have these vertical lines and these fisheyes. Outside of that, corners, edges, centering, they all are, are, are good enough for me. And that's why I did put in a bid on this card. You can see my max was 18. I've been outbid. I'm qualified to keep bidding, but I'm just not gonna. It's uh it's you know, it's 20, it's a lot of money now, 30 grand with the with the juice. So I, I'm out on this one. I'll probably look for a four in the future that has those same qualities, as long as none of y'all out there are gonna bid me up on it. In any event, I do yeah, those cards. Those 51 Bowman's. Uh, centering is such a big piece of the equation from an IPL perspective. When you have a card, I mean, it's the same with 52 tops, but when you have a card that the border is that significant, you know, is that pronounced and significant on the card? Like it, it just makes the centering everything. And, and this card is no different. If I would, if I could find a, a four that had perfect centering, but softer corners, I'd rather own that than that five. Personally. Same here. Yeah. Same here. As long as it doesn't have the vertical lines or a fisheye in here, right. maybe a, a, a smaller fisheye. Like this is almost one right over here, but it, it just isn't. Yeah. So I'm with you. Uh, someone called out that it might have a bit of tilt to it. To be honest, I didn't notice that until that was mentioned in the chat. It, if there is, it's absolutely minor. And, and I think it's not... just very, I think it's just off center, left to right and top to bottom. Yeah. Which I'm, I still love the card. I would still happily, have this in my collection, even with that centering, because if the centering was any better, you're looking at a problem. Like if it was perfect, you're looking at a seven, most likely, because the centering is obviously off. But you have there are, it's very tough to find this card centered. So this is actually decent. This is probably in the 
in the top half of centering for this card overall. So yeah. in, in my in my uh, estimation. And then there's this card, Jesse. Looks like I might be uh, might be buying a card tonight. We'll see. We'll see. We are in the one minute window right now. This auction might be. Oh no, we had a bid. We were down to four seconds. Let's That's see. It's not going to end that quick. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. We've got some time for sure. Uh, let's see what else is going on in the chat here. There's a lot of there's a lot of chatter about uh, Wilt Chamberlain and Steph Curry and comparing guys from different eras. Kind of fun to read through it all. Well, and that makes sense, being uh, what's going on tonight in the world of sport. Uh, Jake Dahl says, "What is snow and fish eyes?" Well, I showed you what the snow was, and a fish eye is really just a round circle of white within a black background or or a blue background or whatever. Jake, I hope that that uh, that's clear. Grailed says, remember when you couldn't find a row zero? I mean, at the National in 2019, when I almost bought the, a copy of the nine off of these guy, off of Andy at IndyCard Exchange, um, it was, I think, the first time I'd ever see one in, seen one in person, but I wasn't looking for them before that. So that would make sense to me. Kids back then would leave them out in the snow. Sure thing. Justin Vick says, 15 years is a long time. Can't you just squint your eyes enough where you can't see the vertical lines? No, Justin, those vertical lines are the just they're such an eyesore to me such an eyesore uh there you go jake glad you figured that out or you you heard what i was saying all right well we are uh we are in the final stretch here there's an example of a 51 bowman the mickey mantle with the same sort of centering up and to the right on this one and what's the grade on that? Let me open that before it disappears just to see. And I do, I it's a card that I own a copy of as well. So I always like to keep tabs on the 51 Mickey Mantle. Let's see what grade this is. Is this the six or the, this is a six. Mine is also a six, but my six is uh, much better centered than this one. I, my six almost has perfect centering actually. It's a great, great copy. I love this card. I just love these 51 Bowmans, the Mantles, and the Maze. And the bid, look at that. The Garagato just got a bid for you, Adam. For you, because I know you love the card. <laughs> and the Gretzky, oh, it looks like a half, is that a half bid on the Gretzky to, oh, it went from 14.5 to 15,000 right in front of our uh, eyes. That looks like a half bid, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great card. Congrats to whoever's going to win that one. Do you have any insight into it? Why it got the uh, the A, the PSA, or the SGCA versus a numerical grade? Do you is that a card you've looked at closely or anything? Nope, <laughs> I have no clue. And what are your guys' thoughts on this card? Someone mentioned it earlier in the chat that they love that their favorite MJ Auto was the SPX. This card right here is the one I believe that they were referring to. Let's let it come up. <clears throat> here we'll go to the actual scan so uh adam start with you on this one uh this this and i can't see what's behind these um the plus so i can't read the card itself but oh it's right up here the spx promotion autograph jordan auto out of 100 adam what are your thoughts on the importance of this card you know, I usually have really strong opinions about everything basketball and especially MJ. I don't have as strong of feelings on this one. There's some people who talk about like this, like it's one of the great Jordan autographs. And I think that makes sense. It's from 97. 
Um, I think, you know, I've read different things in time about controversy about there maybe being more copies or things like that. So I just, I don't, I don't know it well enough to speak, um, you know, in a super educated way on it. But what I would say is for a Jordan autograph from the nineties to be sitting at 20 grand, it's incredibly great price. Right. And SPX and uh, specifically 97 SPX is maybe the best hologram set ever made. So um, I think there's great, great things to sell it, but 20 grand for a Jordan autograph seems like a really good deal. Yeah. Jesse, anything to add on this card? Personal preference even? Um, the only thing I don't like about the card is it's not very easy to kind of like see the whole autograph. And um, with the the design of the of the card, I love, I'm a sucker for hand, hand numbering and then any Jordan auto though. So um, I love the card. I also think that die cuts don't get enough love. I don't think people realize you have that many more corners <laughs> and uh, and round surfaces than you would normally get on a card that make it that much more difficult to get high grade. So um, when you find die cuts in high grade, I think they should go for more money than a normal card uh, because it is more difficult when you have maybe you have eight corners instead of four with the nature of the die cut of the card. Uh, to get a high grade. So, I mean, that's a, a personal opinion. I don't think they get nearly the love that they should, but, uh, but this is a, it's an amazing card, amazing insert from the nineties. And uh, I still, I still love the card. So I'll take a stab at it. And I, I, uh, this is just personal preference. I don't like it. What I, here's what I like about it. First, I love the image of Michael Jordan himself with it. Like you, I don't know if he's pointing at at an opponent saying, look what I just did. Look how I just dunked on you. Look what I just did or whatever I did. Um, or if he's pointing to a teammate for a great assist, whatever he's doing there to the coach, because they just want to want a big game. I don't know. But I love that image of Michael Jordan. I do not like hologram cards that are not total holograms. It just, it just doesn't work for me. I agree with Jesse. The autograph is sort of hard to see. This is probably one of the last Michael Jordan autographs I would buy if I was um, if I was buying a Michael Jordan autograph. I just do not like the looks of the card. The grand finale, which is a card that people absolutely love in our hobby. I do not understand the appeal of grand finales from any sport of any player. To me, they're just but ugly, including the Michael Jordan, which is a grail card. But to me, it's like that thing is a that thing's ugly. But hey. That's my personal opinion. I'm entitled to it. We all don't like the same thing, and that's what keeps the hobby interesting. So, I'm gonna take that angle on this card just uh, because that's that's how that's where I am on it. Someone mentioned here uh, that, oh yeah, Skeppy says with respect to the Willie Mays, it's out of registration. I'm surprised that you like it. So I don't, you know what? It's not. I don't see that it's out of registration, Skeppy. I just think there's a bit of wear right around here which I looked at closely earlier when I placed my bid and I was willing to overlook it. But otherwise, I don't really see a registration issue with this card. Um, you know, maybe a little bit here, you can see a bit of the magenta plate comes above the black. So the magenta would contribute to a skin tone here, comes above the black outline of his arm. That's not a huge deal. That doesn't bother me too much. I don't need my cards to be for the registration to be a hundred percent. But I don't want them to be, you know, where they're just blurry to me. This is not that bad of registration. So it is good enough for me in that case. 
And Grailed Grailed asks, what do you mean by registration? A registration to Grailed Grails refers to the alignment of the various printing plates, the four printing plates, and if they were laid down onto the cardboard during the printing process in perfect alignment, like, like this, or were they like this? Were they off a little bit? And to the degree that they're off a little bit, you get a blurry, you get a blurry effect, and that's called the registration. Another way to put it is just is a blurry, really. Jesse, how do you listen? I'm I'm when it comes to vintage cards. To me, the most important thing is registration. I don't want, because so many cards in vintage are like the Jackie Robinson uh, 48 Leaf, for example, is co is commonly, uh, commonly has very poor registration and I am a registration guy. So where, where do you fall in terms of registration versus centering edges, corners and other things? It really depends on the copy. Um, so you've got what, like 57 tops. Bill Russell is a big registration issue. Uh, 58 tops, Jim Brown, a big registration issue. Um, you got Unitas' rookie. I mean, there's a slew of of cards where they're known to have registration issues. So I think it depends more on like on, on the actual issue of the card. Um, but it is it is a big deal. Uh, I just for me, the most important thing is centering, and that, especially these cards that have the actual border laid out. And it's you know the 52 tops mantle. I think is. The reason it's such a popular card is it looks like a piece of art. It's framed that way, um, it, you know, the whole 52 tops issue. So the centering for a lot of these vintage cards for me is number one. Um, depending on the issue, registration can be number two. Um, but, you know, some of these cards have just horrible print issues as well, um, like like the 57 Russell and the, and the, and the Jim Brown rookie. And those, those cards always have problems with, uh, with print. Thank you for, for that. And, and, I hear what you're saying. I, I just brought the screen up because the, as we were talking about the SPX Jordan, it's getting bids. The Gretzky PMG Green is getting more bids. This thing, this thing could could get right up there. It's coming close to uh, well, it's already at twenty grand uh, with with the juice. So there we go. Steph Curry shows up in the ticker again as we're into the one minute bidding windows. Another bid on the Gretzky, and I just want to bring up a comment right here from Jeff P, who says that that year of PMG Greens in hockey are generally cut small. So probably why it's simply authentic. And look at the McDavid PMG purples up to forty eight thousand with the juice right now. Did Benjamin you Diamond. hear me real yeah. quick? Did you have a number that you thought that that purple would go for? I don't know hockey very well, so I'm curious if you had a number in mind. No, it's impossible. It was impossible because it, there's only five copies of it, and I don't know if we've seen a green uh, McDavid sell out of ten. And generally speaking, I think that the green is still more desirable than the purple, even though it's a 10 versus a five in terms of print run. But greens are just, they have so much more brand equity in the hobby well, it's, than it's a purple same, does. It's the same thing with gold and black, gold and prism. Um, even sometimes gold and emerald and NT, uh, you know, that's that's not uncommon. Or I should say in NFL, it's gold and then black is the out of five for for like Mahomes, but the, some people like the golds more than the blacks. Yeah, and that I love. I love that about the hobby. I love that the hobby isn't so married to print runs all the time. Like buy what looks nice. These these cards, you have to want to look at them. See, I'd, I'd argue that logic should make the out of five worth more than the out of ten. Yeah, but that's the those are the nuances of the hobby, that's, right? That is the that is collecting versus investing, right? Like if you can't depend on um statistical things to drive price 
that is more of a collector niche than it is an investor um, metric, I would say. So for me, it's difficult because, you know, you get investors that come into the space and there's these weird nuances that don't make any sense. Like why an out of 10 is worth more than an out of five in certain scenarios. So it's hard for them to to get involved in the market sometimes because of those weird nuances and to understand it. Hey, before I forget to mention, we're pretty far behind on bidding. Um, I pulled up another browser and oh, I don't know yeah, we might What's might be good to say that again, Jesse. Re- refresh your, uh, your. I don't mm-hmm. know why it's you're behind for some reason. Yeah, just Jeremy. Jeremy, just refresh your browser. Okay, no problem, no problem. I also want to bring up Benjamin Diamond's comment on on the he makes. I don't know why I went to this screen. Oh, that's fine. Uh, he 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 talks about the the Jordan the SPX hologram card. He says he's pointing at LeBron, saying, "You will never beat me." I like that <laughs> comment. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Okay, uh, let me um, let me just go to the main auction page here. Go through another refresh. I'll take that off the screen for a moment here. Uh, we have David Chow in the house. What is going on, David? He says, I'm pushing the hockey market. David was a guest on my show a few weeks ago, Shanghai card collector. Uh, great guy. And I, I think I think I know a couple cards you might be bidding on tonight, David. And uh, good luck to you. I can't wait to hear uh, about your success tonight with uh, adding some cards to your collection. Okay, so let's go back now to the main page so i should be up to date here and uh are there any cards guys that you notice are getting bids that we that might surprise us or that we haven't spoke oh the gretzky's up to 130 now oh wow five five seventy five oh is that where we were before what's what's 20 percent of uh what's up it almost 690. Seven hundred grand. Did he win the MVP? Do we know that yet? <laughs> oh, obvious, uh, right? I I don't I actually. I paused it so I can listen to like the speeches and stuff when we're done. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he did. I don't. It shouldn't go to anybody else. There's no. there's no there's no chance anyone else won it. Steph, yeah, Steph has to win it. And we and you guys are right, uh, Jesse. You you called that we would probably see some action on the the Steph stuff. It's not just that NT RPA, but we're seeing action on some of the other ones there at the top, like the um, Chrome, the Chrome, and then near and dear to my heart, the Eminence card is is uh, getting some action too. Brett Favre is at seventy-eight thousand at the door. Big number for that Favre. Do you think Jesse that the fact that the football PMGs are out of fifteen, the greens and the basketballs are out of 10 that it really makes much of a difference if you know if you were be able able to go apples to apples like on a similar player i mean you could have you could have picked those greens up a year ago for 10 grand 15 grand uh so that that's why i say that's a big number i mean look they're it's one of the most iconic cards the out of 15 does affect value maybe a little bit but it's what you get with football you don't you don't have a choice you don't have a choice, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about that earlier before you came on. Someone asked, "Why was that?" And it just is what it is. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, I think it, it's it's one of those almost uh, a discussion or a thought experiment with really no purpose. <laughs> Not going to help. Here's a, hey, that's a beautiful card. Yeah, hey, Jeremy, 
couple couple things real quick. If you look at the most recently bid on, there's two cards to to sort of highlight real fast. The first is the um, Serena Williams. You know, obviously we don't see a lot of we don't see a lot of tennis cards in this realm. Um, we don't see a lot of um, female cards in this this realm either. Like that's that's a huge number. Uh, I would that say. Is- for a tennis card, isn't that isn't that right? Isn't that a big card, it's, big number for that card? It, it, it's a, I don't know if it's a big number. Um, it's it's a, I think it's a solid number, but that is, I mean, look, you, one of the greatest, probably the greatest female athlete of all time, uh, and that's that card should be worth two hundred fifty thousand. I don't know. There's no nine fives, so mm-hmm. it's the highest graded example. It's only pop two. That's a big card. I wouldn't be surprised that it got a couple more bids. And I don't know if the other card that you were going to mention, Adam, is that Black Curry. Red, you read it, my mind. You read yeah, my mind. That, that card. So there. Correct me if I'm wrong. You probably know this, but there was no 2012 Prison Black Curry, correct? Correct. Right. So that is the first year, first Black Curry that exists on the planet. That card. I mean, honestly, I know it's sitting at just over fifty thousand with the BP, but if that card went for seventy-five to one hundred K. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, that well, is especially especially the timing tonight. <laughs> so the it's it's always hard. It's always interesting to think about like what what drives value, right? Because what you just said is so persuasive to me. It's his first black prism card ever, and they didn't make one in prism. But if it was a a gold 2012, which again is near near and dear to my heart, my heart, it's my best card. The gold is worth a lot more than that because it's from prism and. And some other right. things, but like this is the sort of card that I look at and I go, "Oh my goodness!" Like this seems way too cheap to me. It seems like it should sell for a ton more because it's the first one of one step from you know the shiny stuff from this era. I just, I don't, I, I kind of don't understand how the high end games work sometimes because to me that seems like it's it you know be a six figure card. It's it's funny. We had some troll in here talking about how he wouldn't trust us in our values or whatever, but I don't. Sometimes I don't get it either. Uh, some cards go for way less than I would think, and some cards go for way more. But that is the high-end market. Uh, you know, sometimes you get two guys that, you know, are going to hold on to the card for 25 years, and they kind of don't care what it takes to get it. They really want it, and they go to battle for it, and maybe it goes 50% over what you would expect it to go for, right? And then maybe one night one of those guys isn't in the room, and the card falls flat by 20% for what you thought it would go for based on a previous comp, right? So it's – there's not a perfect science for the high end game. A little yep. bit is luck, a little bit is timing. Um, and so, you know, this card, what's, oh, so it's up to 50 now. So it's gotten a couple. Is this what happens? We talk about cards and they get bids. Um, yeah, it, it, it happens all the time, Jesse. We talk about them and then you see them on the, on the top here. It's, it's well, hilarious. I love let me, that. Let me also, let me just follow up real quick, Jeremy, to, to something that Jesse said, I, I think is, is smart here. He, you know, when you see a Steph card that's 50 grand and you you, you lay it out like I just did where, where you say, hey, this is the first one of one from, you know, this era and the shiny stuff, it sort of makes sense. But then if I was to ask the question, the follow-up was, but tell me about a Steph select card that's in that era. You sort of turn your head sideways a little bit and go, well, you know, that's that's a huge number for a select card. So it is about triangulating the different variables, but but my, my more prevailing feeling on that particular card is man that seems like a good deal it really does yeah yeah and look at that brady i okay look i'm a huge flawless fan i love the design of that card it's a four color four color patch i personally buy 
Um, I don't buy a Tom Brady autos. Like I've said before, I try not to buy very expensive cards so I can still enjoy buying and selling, but people don't, you know, accuse me of moving the needle or moving the market really. Uh, so I would buy this card with a non-auto for, you know, in the five to 10 K range, but this card game use patch on card auto nine, five out of 15. I love the design. I love flawless. I just, I'm such a huge flawless fan. It's the best product on the market. In my opinion, the best designs. And it's the best rip too. Not not value wise. It's super expensive, but fun. Um, you know the briefcase. You get a couple cards that are encased. It's just it's it's just a great product, and I think they they knock it out of the park every year. But um, except for when they should have rookies with game used jerseys. <laughs> I agree with you. On this design. is game used. This is game used, and it's on card. Uh, it's just a sweet sweet card. Jesse, at the, earlier on in the episode, I was mentioning how this is my favorite Tom Brady card that exists. I, there's nothing nicer in the hobby for me. I would take this over his contender's auto all day long. It's just such a sweet looking card. So we're on the same page on this one. I don't, you know, what's I, I actually don't disagree with that. I, um, the contender's auto is a commodity and it's a very popular card and it's a rookie, which is amazing. But I, I think I'd rather have a game use patch flawless card than a contenders card personally. Easily for me, easily. It's one of those nuances again in the hobby that uh, that we we assign so much value to their RC designation. Uh, maybe maybe too much. What? Maybe too much value. I, I don't know. It's uh, it's a it's a weird thing. It's just a weird thing. But you're right. You mentioned earlier when we talk about a card to get a bid, it gets a bid. Does that happen? It happens a lot. Uh, it happens a lot when we're doing the show. It's it's always makes me say to Adam, "Well, how how does that happen?" You know, there's there's two hundred there's two uh, three hundred and sixty six lots, and we talk about something, and then that's the one that gets a, that comes up on one of the three cards that comes up on the ticker. Pretty funny, but this auction is still going strong here in the in the one minute extended bidding window. I mean, last time I think we finished at about ten. Well, my time, so Pacific nine twenty five or so. So I expect this auction, if I, you know, just based on experience to end within the next 20 or so minutes. But I know for you guys and for your consigners and everything, you hope it keeps on going, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, it's, this, it's designed this way to not drag on all night, but give you the opportunity to continue to bid on cards. If you get outbid on one or outpriced on one where you didn't, you know, uh, you didn't want to pay that much. You can go back to another card that you bid on earlier. So it is designed this way. And it's not perfect for everybody, right? Like guys that are high bid on cards right now want it to close immediately. <laughs> and we get that. Uh, but, you know, all in all, I think this is a great platform for for the auction to give buyers a fair shake and also give sellers the, the greatest chance to to make the most money on their cards. Well, I got I mean, I'll just say that in my in my opinion, uh, you know, this is it makes it so much fun to do these episodes and cover the extended bidding uh, period on on the final night of the premier auction every month because this this platform is just so aesthetically pleasing and easy to navigate. Um, I, I love I love it for sure. Here's the blue McDavid, which we haven't looked at in a while, which is a parallel to the purple that is at forty something thousand now at a five. This blue one is at a fifty. BGS nine. I'm surprised that it's not a bit higher relative to the purple. I mean, the, the one thing about the blues and the purples is that they're exclusive to hockey. You don't see those colors in basketball or football. So 
they're a little bit less uh, known, I would say, to those collectors, but to hockey collectors, they're still very important. And uh, this is a great, great card. I and full disclosure, I do own a copy myself. But this is a this is a card I love as well. What's the card? Uh, it oh, it resets. There it goes. It reset. Twenty-seven thousand on this card seems seems low to me, uh, just based on seeing some cards in the past. I bet this is on the power buyer screen. Um, any comments on this card? And I mean, to me, listen, you've got a three-color patch. You got one, two, three. You got five breaks. I mean, oh, I keep thinking I'm going to. Yeah, gonna I'm actually, color. I'm actually surprised. That's one of the cards I'm pretty surprised where it's sitting at. Um, my my only explanation would be that I've probably seen one at auction every auction for the last six months um you know we're we're at a weird part in the market where a lot of stuff gone up in value and when that happens even collectors sometimes can't ignore the values that cards are sitting at and so they decide to sell to capitalize on some of the financial gains they got but what happens is it floods the market and then cards that you would never see all of a sudden look and and feel so attainable and i think it's going to take you know, this this price correction that I think we're going through with a lot of the modern stuff specifically is probably healthy for, for our industry. And I think it, it will hopefully dry up uh, some assets and people are going to decide not to sell things for a while. I mean, look, we're in the business to sell items. That's how we make money. Um, but I actually think it's pretty healthy for some of the stuff to dry up and not see as many of these grail pieces come to market like we have in the past, really the past six months. Yeah, I think. I think your your um, point about them about this particular card being up as many times as it has been is spot on. And then the other thing that happens is when you have a card that comes up so much that something as simple as see how this one the autograph goes off card just a little bit. I think it's probably graded a nine on the auto. It's beautiful. It's still just a gorgeous card, but that little bit of a thing right there makes people think, well, I'm going to be a little bit choosy. And so I agree with both of you. It's was a little that, bit lower. Is that Jordan? Is that Jordan Auto a nine? I think it's got to yeah. be because the auto was it off card. Okay, well that's see that's a big deal. So the Steph Curry we have right now, the RPA, is at almost seven hundred thousand, and we sold a nine five the last auction. Yeah, that has to be a nine auto. Um, we sold a nine five last auction with a nine auto for just under four hundred thousand. Yeah. So a nine and ten auto can, I mean that's almost like one point seven one point eight x difference on a card. So that's something definitely taken into consideration. People do not like nine autos and that's just the truth. Yeah. Fair comment. I'm going to go to a couple of comments in the chat. First one, team rocket just put this one in uh, extended bidding ends. As soon as there is no bid, as soon as there is no bid for one minute. So if this clock ever ticks down to zero or when it clicks down to zero, when it ticks down to zero, the whole auction is over to you. Team rockets, Luca nation in the house. Yes, we did talk about the Golden Touch earlier on. Andrew or Cage or both of you, great to see you. Thank you for joining the show. Glad you're watching, and I hope you enjoyed the ball game tonight as well. I want to go up to a comment. Where did it go? Right here. Justin Vick says, uh, I saw an uncut sheet of Jambalaya. Is curious, did Jeremy or Adam collect sheets? So I do not. I, I have a couple of uncut sheets of Upper Decks the Cup hanging in my rec room out there and they are for sale if anybody's interested they're framed and everything i have a couple of uncut sheets that are not framed they are for sale i'm doing other things with my wall space but i i know that adam has a very special uncut sheet i will let him speak to it 
Yeah, it's one of my favorite items. It's a 97 EX Credentials uh, Future uh, Uncut Sheet. That's the pink and purple set. And I wouldn't say I collect unsheet, Uncut Sheets, but I love that set so much. I think it's aesthetically like one of the nicest sets ever made. And so when that one popped up, I, I, had, to, I had to grab that. But, you know, Uncut Sheets, it's funny. I don't think, I think the reason I don't collect them is they don't really fit inside the rest of my collection right it's nice being able to say here's my collection and you get a sheet and it's just it's huge and it takes up space and it's awkward so i wouldn't say i collect them but i'd certainly appreciate them i think depending on the obviously the set when they're framed and they're on a wall they can look pretty cool yeah. Yeah. so i have like i said i have two of the cup i have an 0809 and an 0910 set hanging out there of course there's no patches on them so you've got that extra white space and i bought them uh thinking i'd have all the years hanging on a big wall in my house one day and now i've got a big wall out there i got two of them hanging and um and when you look at them from afar they don't look that good you can't tell they're because the, the detail they're they're there's too many cards all together in one big clump so I like your set, Adam, because there's not as many. It's a smaller sheet sure. overall, so you're actually going to want to stand closer to look at it. I, I've, I've had these sheets hanging on my walls for several years, and like I said, they're for sale. I'm, I'm over them. I, I will. Uh, I've got really, I got way cooler stuff going up on my walls right now, and, and still card related, original art pieces of uh, my favorite cards out there. Uh, Dave Bolaton says, how many are really grail pieces, though? They are nice cards, but a long way from grail. So the comment I'll make to that, and I'll let Jesse speak to it as well, is that I think grail is a relative term to the person who is actually buying it. As Benjamin Diamond says, all of these are out of my reach. My biggest card is 1.5K. So grail is a relative term, I believe. And then I think there are the ultimate grails. So and I, I recognize that we overuse the term grail in the hobby, just like we overuse the term goat in the hobby. But like I like to say, goats travel in herds, so there can be more than one of them. And I think grails also travel in herds. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, relative is the, the correct term for that. It's all it's all relative for the collector investor. Uh, a grail could be a $2,000 card. I mean, it really can be. Uh, but it could also be a $20 million card, right? So I think there's there's personal grails and then there's hobby grails. Yeah. But even hobby grails is a bit subjective. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's a, just a very relative term that can be, that's probably overused. It probably, it really is. We're just so used to just an amazing card that we love that you don't see very often. It's, oh, it's a grail. You know, that's kind of what, what we reference all the time. But, um, you know, our premier auction, we do get a little bit spoiled looking at a lot of these cards because they are so expensive. Uh, that a lot of them, you could consider all of them grills in their own right, to be yes. honest. And, and so it's it's just uh, it's it's fun having this many high end items in one auction and um, watch people compete over it. To be honest, hey, you know what's interesting to me about this last few minutes? I don't know if you guys have noticed the same, but this last maybe fifteen minutes or so, we've really seen a lot of the action on sort of the lesser known type. Um, assets in the in the auction like a lot of bids on racing on mm -hmm. soccer on tickets and stuff it's interesting that we're at this stage and, and there's a lot of action on these like lesser known um areas yeah that's a great uh call out i wonder if jesse if you have any yeah, the theory on that. well i think 
you know, you get down to these wee hours, or I should say wee minutes of the auction, and you start looking for sometimes for value um, or maybe something you bid on early and you got outbid on it. Uh, you know, you bid on a, a litany of items and some of the stuff that you wanted, you got outpriced on. And so you're going for some, some different stuff, but you know, the F1 super popular. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, the Hamilton's getting bids. Um, Tiger Woods is the goat of his sport, in my opinion. And so, you know, the ticket getting action late didn't surprise him. You know, it's just, there's no rhyme or reason. Like sometimes late in the auctions, a high end item will get a bid. You know, it's it's really hard to predict what's going to get bids when. But you can tell that right now, a couple guys are battling it out on this Lewis Hamilton and on the Tiger ticket. Uh, so it's uh, it's gonna be funny to see where these things end up. What is what is the Tiger ticket? What is, what is the it's a 96 debut, I believe. This one right here. We'll take a quick look at it. Let's take I just don't know ticket. Yeah, you know, I'm learning. Uh, I'm learning. I don't know. I don't know a ton about tickets as well, but uh, I think this is. Tiger Tiger Woods turned turned pro. He won twenty five hundred dollars in the uh, tournament. It was nineteen ninety six. I wonder if he got a big check like Happy Gilmore. (laughs) (laughs) And now, and now his ticket is selling for ten times what he made in the. I know. That's, That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous. That oh look at the oh the clock almost it was at four. So you know what? tickets are an interesting uh, class of collectible because some of them are very nice. Like this one actually is decent looking. It's not gorgeous to me by any means, but it's decent looking. And some of them are absolutely stunning. And some of them are just like printed off a dot matrix printer on like a Ticketmaster type ticket. But to me, tickets are not about what they look like as much as they are about the fact that they were at the event and they represent a moment in time, those sorts of things. What's your, if you were, Jesse, if you were to try to sell somebody on collecting tickets, how would you, what, what are the, what are the benefits or what are the, what are the, the pros about tickets to you? Well, I'm not a ticket expert. I mean, I'll preface it by that, but I think, you know, when you look at tickets, it is, it's a moment in time. Uh, it's a snapshot of a moment of some significance, and you can point to it. It's almost like, oh, Jackie. it's almost like having a jersey. Oh, the Jackie got a bit nice. Yeah. Um, you know, there's d- depending on how old the uh, the tickets are, right? Maybe there's only a few that are available, so it's similar to a game used jersey of a specific event. Um, or game New Jersey in general, but when you can tie a rare ticket to an event where something significant happened, you know you know that there was an individual that had that ticket that kept it in good shape that was there, and it's if it's that's actually why I kind of don't like the full stub version because it means they didn't go. <laughs> you know, it's like that means they, they didn't it didn't get ripped off. They weren't actually at the event. That ticket didn't live in the building during or the stadium during the event. So um, I. I, I love tickets. I just don't know a ton about them, but I know there's a lot of guys that are super passionate. It's been growing. Um, it's going to have its peaks and its, uh, you know, its ebbs and flows like any other um, kind of niche in this market that works its way up. But I think there, there's some tickets that are pretty cool. I do also think that people are reaching. It's like first time at home that he hit a home run. And that's yeah. the significance for the ticket. It's like, okay, come on. Uh, so I think it should be more 
more substantial events, but uh, but I think they're cool in general. LeBron tops Chrome Refractor gets a bid. Messi, there you go. The BGS 9.5 gets a bid. And as you guys mentioned, there's the Jackie right there. Dave Bolton says tickets have to make sure they were actually admission tickets, especially in baseball. Speaks to what you were saying, Jesse. And then back on the Grail talk earlier, Tony Carley says depends on the collector investor. I would say the Steph RPA is a Grail for him. Yeah, whoever's buying it. Yeah, Tony in the building. Okay. You know Tony? He's our sales manager. Oh, okay. Well, welcome yes. to the show, Tony. My good friends, yeah. Good stuff. Oh, good. good Jordan. Stuff. Jordan got a looks like a half bit on the Jordan uh, sticker ten. That's Very another nice. commodity that's had some ebbs and flows. You know, those went up as you know high as the low six figures and um, kind of settled back down. They certainly have. Lapper makes a comment. Tiger Woods is a legit goat. Others in other sports, I don't know. I mean, there's there can yeah, it's such a weird term, goat. I mean, literally, it liter it's literal meaning. Literal meaning is greatest of all time, which can only apply to one person. But again, that 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 presupposes well, the fact that they they travel in herds. There's certain sports that's you can't dispute it, right? Hockey, you can't dispute Gretzky. Football, you can't dispute Brady. Basketball, the majority of people would say you can't dispute Jordan. Um, baseball is is tough i honestly like you can make a case for a few different people in baseball i think a lot of people would probably probably go ruth yeah um but but you could make a case for a few different people in baseball and and so it's golf it's it's either it's it's jack or it's tiger uh you know i'm a tiger fan so i would say if tiger didn't get injured he would have won 25 majors that's my my opinion um, and the level of competition was much more fierce in Tiger's day than it was in, in Jack's day. I get it. He had Gary player and he had Arnie and he had all these guys, but Tiger dominated like nobody I've ever seen. I got to I got to jump in and say, I don't know about you guys. I'm really loving watching these people go head to head on this Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> I mean, it, it's what, it's one of my favorite things about the format is that, you know, you've got this this group up at the top and you get to see what's getting the bids. And this Lewis Hamilton has just been getting $500 bids for the last, I don't know, like the last half an hour. It feels like it's the, the, the card of the day. Jeremy, are you, are you, are you messaging bird right now? Yeah, I'm I'm doing the PWCC live chat. Just seeing how it's going tonight over there. <laughs> hey, what can I help you with? So, oh, it's the bot. You were talking to bird last time. You start with the bot and you work your way up to a real person. <laughs> what was I talking to Bird? Something about uh, oh yeah, I was wondering when the when the my payout for the weekly was going to hit my account. Um, you'll connect me with an agent. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You don't have to connect me with an agent. Oh, you know what? Hey, your screen that you just showed. So that Brady Lux card, the couple guys mentioned it in the comments. Yeah, I love that card. I know it's not a super popular brand, but to have. <laughs> The ticket or the sorry the the tag like that on card auto one one, that card's amazing. I'm glad the guys pointed that out because I'm actually honestly that card. I'm a little surprised it's not higher. I thought that card would go for one fifty. What do you think if the oh, memorabilia was flipped around? I think uh -oh. we might be boys. Uh -oh. oh, we got a, we got a, got one in. Got one in. It ain't over. Yeah. 
Jesse, what do you, what would you think about this card if the memorabilia piece was actually flipped a hundred, rotated hundred and eighty degrees? Oh, the Steph. It doesn't bother me. Oh, the Steph, Steph just got a bid. Steph oh, got a bid. Someone came in late. Hey, <laughs> look at the response from the bot. We are watching you guys live right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's AJ. Oh yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, so so. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Jesse, but wasn't the previous bid on the Steph a half bid? How do I get rid of this now? I'd have to look at our bidding increments. It, it was, was 20... at 90 and that put it at 720, I think. That might it be was... that might have been a half bid. It was 25 before. So if somebody went with a half bid initially and now they just got outbid by a half bid because they can only do one half bid, they may be in a situation now where they have to decide have yay to or nay on a full bid. This is so this is what I was talking about, right? Now you want the card. You already used your half bid. Well, you gotta you gotta decide if you want to go to a, a full bid or let it go. And that's a sixty thousand dollar full bid. That's a big full bid, yeah. Man, I hope somebody bids. <laughs> I would, I'd love to see one more bid on that. Well, one. what is what is the record for? I think seven twenty might be the record for a Steph Curry RPA. I think I think this would tie it. I think. I'm not 100% sure. But... Yeah, that's a big number for that card. But hey, and, and to be able to say I bought it the night he won his first finals MVP. Pretty cool. That is pretty, that cool. Is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Looks and that's, like the Charizard got a bid since we last talked about it. Uh, No, I think it was at 175. Was it? Was that okay, my bad. Yeah, no, that's fine. It, it, it put it just at like 210, I think, which you know that, that card's gone anywhere from – 200 to 420, I think was our record. The 421 was an unbelievable copy. Um, and it's funny, we had people talk about how, oh, that was a BS sale or whatever. And it's funny because the buyer, I actually didn't know, I didn't know him personally. Uh, he had a couple of uh, large invoices that he had paid with us in the the you know previous months. So I was confident he was going to pay. And then he came up to our booth at the Mint and we actually got to meet him in person when we were in Vegas. Very so, cool. Um, he was laughing about the whole the whole banter as well, but uh, but that copy was um, I don't know if he's going to try to cross it to like a BGS ten or what, but it was a gorgeous gorgeous copy. Is this a low price on this Brady contenders? It's just an authentic, right? I can't really see. Yeah, it. yeah, but still, uh, I think so. I think that's fairly low. I think sevens go for like PSA seven. I don't know, twenty twenty five grand. Hey, you so, were right on the Serena. It did get a few more bids after all. Like, look at this card. Oh, just talk, look at this card, fellas. Talking about, you know, I um, love, I love Renault. I love his autograph. I love this, his autograph. This is a ridiculous card. Like this, to me, is a is a Ronaldo Grail. Just the, the fact that look at those patches. Look at the Nike swoosh. This out of fifteen on card auto, full body shot, clean, clean looking card in terms of the white background. Yep. PSA nine. Like this is a great looking card. Uh -oh. It's at forty-five thousand. Oh, it's sold. The uh -oh. auction's over, guys. Are we uh -oh. done? The auction's over. It's updated. It yeah, it's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. Woo! It's ten twenty-four. Right. I said it would end around ten twenty. I was off by four yeah. minutes. Like clockwork. Go me. Go me. I know I know my PWCC premier auctions. 
So the real question is, did I buy my, did I buy that card? I think I did. I think I bought the row zero. Yeah, Let's I see if it's, seen uh, it's come through. You won. Congratulations. You won. I lost the, oh, this one did 28. There we go. I got myself a row zero three years later for uh, about six times the price of what I could have bought it for last time. It's a good thing I have I have store credit at uh, PWCC right now. Yeah, take it off take it off my take it off my account, fellas. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> well, so you want to take a look at the kind of sort the all items from most expensive and just sort of see what the big the biggest tickets were. I want to I want to count how many cards sold for over a hundred thousand dollars. That's something I want to start tracking. I think it's a a nice milestone of a number. And uh, something to just kind of track. Look at that. Steph Curry does 720. Luca, 504 for the out of five NT parallel. Patrick Mahomes still in the top row the, this many months later after the end of the season. And he does 480,000, 468 on the Jeter. I think the last one did like six something, if I recall. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's like there was a lot of pent up demand for one. I knew this one wouldn't reach what the last Jeter did because it just sold two months ago. And there weren't not, I don't think it eight months to a year since one had sold before that. Yeah. Probably. So makes sense. Luca does 336 on the beautiful flawless card. There's your messy at 312. The Babe Auto does 288. The Jackie 52 tops, PSA 8, a stunner of a card, 276. Shohei Otani makes his way into. A $240,000 card numbered out of five. LeBron rookie year, limited logos, 240. The Jordan does 228. So the card has softened for sure. And the Charizard does 210. I don't know who the, oh, Diego Maradona, PSA 7. Not even a card, really. Does $192,000. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that's a record for that card. Has to be, oh, I shouldn't say has to be, but I wouldn't be surprised. Ty Cobb, bad off shoulder, does 168. This is a very nice Gretzky PSA 9. If I if I know who won it, congratulations to you, does 156. We have a Bowman Chrome Refractor Brady 9.5, does 156. The Giannis NTRPA, 156. The Soto does 144. Ronaldo does 144. One of my favorite cards on the planet, yours too, Jesse, 144, the Brady Flawless. Kobe uh, Topps Chrome Refractor does 132,000, as does, well, almost as does the, the Steph Curry does 114, which surprises me because this card is numbered out of 500. This card is not. This guy just won the championship MVP tonight. This guy did not. I'm surprised these numbers aren't, aren't flipped, to be honest. The MJ does 108. The Trey Young does 108. And uh, we'll stop right there in terms of going over the highest prices. But we have 24 cards on this page that did 108,000. I forgot I wanted to count those up on page two. Did any more do a over $100,000? Yes, at least four right across the top here. All worthy, I would say, except for that one. <laughs> and one more. <laughs> Just throwing a shot at my boy Herbert like that? Come on. No, the card. The card, not not your That's boy. That's a one-on-one. Not... Yeah, I know. But I don't like autographs on any Prism cards, personally. Is that a sticker auto? It is a sticker yeah. auto, yeah. Go ahead and crap on it more. Is it? 
And here we go. Maybe a maybe the steal of the night, the Jordan SGC ten for ninety six thousand dollars. That that Lajue, don't overlook that Lajue for one hundred and two thousand. That's a that's a good number for that card. That's a huge card too, right? That that's a monster of a card. I tough believe card. it's a short print. Yep, tough card. I might be wrong on the short print nature, but I know it's a highly desirable card. That's pretty cool. No, no auto. So check in, check in the pros uh, column for that one. Look at that. Seven. So this didn't get any more bids, but still a healthy number for a football PMG green. I'm telling you, you could have bought that a year, year and a half ago for 10 to 15 grand. Yeah. I'm that's, sure. a, that's a, that's a great sale for that card. 78 on the mantle SGC 5.5 78 on the contenders. Brady. I love that that 03 UD glass combo. That's a great card. That is nice. I mean, both on card autos, numbered out of 10. Getting a getting a two color for that Jordan patch is actually a pretty big deal. Yeah. Like most of those patches from that era, you just get pure black. 78 on the 9.5 LeBron Essential Credentials. One of my favorite cards. All righty, I'm going to go to some comments and uh, we're going to we're going to wrap this up. We've been going for three hours on the button right now. Linda says the basketball cards here. I'm just going to change the view. Basketball cards have gone insane. Yeah, that started a couple of years ago now, Linda, but you are on the button with that comment for sure. Justin Vicks says champagne for me and Steph Curry. I get to add a beautiful Jordan card to my collection tonight piece of paper with a man on it that's what we're here for that's what we're here for guys sports cars live is all about pieces of paper with pictures of men and women on them i don't know who brian scalabrin is he's the who scalabrini somebody in the chat said who is the white mamba lol and that's who brian scalabrini is scalabrini yeah he's a redhead uh played for the celtics he's a stud I'm not. Is he a current player? No, no. no. Okay. He's a le- he's a legend though. Big bench player. I've never even seen that name before. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> he's, he's he's a legend because of who he is, and not because of how he played. Not because how good he is. <laughs> all right, all right. Good to know. Good to know. Static. Why didn't I buy that Gretzky ten years ago? Yeah, right. If we could all turn back the clock, no doubt about it. Uh, Luca's Luca Nation tells us that's a record for this PSA six yeah. uh, Le Joie. Thank you for that. For time, only 30 graded higher, less than 100 total in circulation. Yeah, that's a great, great card. And Lapper wants to know what the McDavid Purple did. Well, let's take a let's take a quick look. Let's actually look at all the hockey cards for a moment. We'll just search by hockey and take a look. And uh, then we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Adam's not feeling well. Jesse's got to get inside to the family. So the purple oh, McDavid. Did... What's that? <laughs> so everybody's did... asleep now. It's 9:30. I figured. I figured. The McDavid did sixty thousand dollars for the for the PMG purple out of five. The Gretzky did twenty-seven six for the authentic copy. That's a that's a great price for that card. I, I think. It's not the first year, it's the second year. The blue did sixteen thousand eight hundred. I have a I'm, I'm fortunate to own a copy of this card in a PSA 10. I wonder what that would go for, you know, relative to a BGS 9. It's a nice price for a Messier PSA 10. I think these were doing about 20000 at the height of the market. 
There's a Bork in here too, 13.8, very nice. I was surprised that this card sold for more than this card, actually, that the, the Ovechkin Prism autograph did more than the, the honorable numbers McDavid. And the Crosby SPX rookie, this is a, a, a sticker autograph, actually, as well, did 9,600. So those are the hockey items, 24 of them. Uh, no, sorry, 12 of them in the auction uh, tonight. Good stuff. All right, well, I'm going to take that off. Henry says PWCC equals people with cash cow of money. <laughs> well, it takes money to buy these cards in the premier auction, Jesse. It just does. So, but, uh, okay, guys. Well, listen, let's wrap this up. I want, to, uh, I want to thank everybody in the chat for joining. Great engagement tonight. Thank you for your comments, your questions. Thank you for being here. Special thank you to uh, my friends from the Luca Nation Network for joining us in the chat. But of course, a special thank you to all of you loyal viewers. This is, the, this is I believe, the, the, the one-year anniversary of covering the premier auction. Adam, we've been at this for a while. You, you almost got a job out of it, buddy. So congratulations. <laughs> congratulations to you, of course. You're an expert in this hobby. Your magazine is wonderful, everybody check out bcfmag.com and subscribe to Adam's Magazine where he is the editor-in-chief, him and he has some great partners in that. So congratulations to them on the success of the magazine. And uh, Jesse, thank you for joining as always. It's great to have you. Really appreciate your insights along with yours, Adam. And again, thank you to the chat. And uh, this Saturday on, on Sports Cards Live is episode four of the Tag Grading Reveal. They're gonna be showing their automated grading system and uh, much more. So join me for that. It's going to be very, very interesting. And uh, I guess that's going to be it. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up. So I'm going to end this one. And uh, you two stay, stay put for one moment, if you don't mind. And everybody, Dave says, best of luck to you, Adam, with your new job. Justin, I'm glad you enjoy the play-by-play -play tonight. And as always, everybody else, you have a great night. We'll see you on Saturday. Enjoy your Friday. Thank you for joining. This episode is over.